Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed side girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Just got rid of that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back <laughs> to the Intoxicated Podcast. I've been doing so many Podmesses that I almost said Podmess again. Welcome back to Podmess. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, it's a regular episode. Here we are on the Intoxicated Podcast. Um, we just got done recording a batch of the Podmess episodes, which I hope you guys are enjoying and not annoyed yet. I hope you still like our voices. I hope you're not sick of us because we got a doozy this week. Um, no voicemails this week, sadly. We're still um we're still taking voicemails if you want to send them in. Um, so there's a link in the description of this podcast, uh, also in the Instagram bio. If you do want to send in your voicemails, we welcome those. We will play them on the intros, maybe in some Podmas episodes too. Exactly. If, if they come in. So um please send us your voicemails. Uh, but we're gonna make this a quick intro this week because this week's episode is long very long as you can see okay (laughs) that's okay we don't cut off good conversation and yeah it's interesting (laughs) (laughs) so you weren't here for this one this is what i'll say so like you weren't here for this one but scott was here for about five hours total (laughs) that's that's a long i'm like that's a long time (laughs) i felt hung over when he left we we talked so much like i felt like i had been out drinking it was very very strange um scott and i oh my god i didn't introduce the guest sorry guys this week's guest (laughs) scott and i whoa wait (laughs) whoa wait you don't know who that is this week's guest oh my gosh is a good friend of mine one of my closest friends in the comedy scene i would say returning guest i believe this is his fourth solo episode and um right off the bat we got into a fight (laughs) that isn't going in this episode because to be honest yeah it's a little too much for the podcast and that'll never see the light of day but we did fight for like i would say like a solid 40 to 50 minutes um and we had to turn off the mics for a second regroup talk we talked it out we we stuck out we stuck out the uncomfortableness and reached common ground and then he was like all right let's do the podcast now and i was like really (laughs) i was like you want to still podcast after that and he's like yeah let's go and so what you'll notice in this episode is like we talk for a bit and then there's a weird cut and we're gonna cut into us picking up after the fight so (laughs) Yeah, guys, but it's you're important. still getting a two and a half hour episode. It's important to have a friend like that, though, that you can like have hard conversations with and like argue with and kind of like almost get your anger out a little bit yes. with that person and then like sit there and be like, OK, well, obviously we took it too far and then get common ground after that. Exactly. And that's essentially what happened with us. We we uh, Scott is one of my closest friends. He is someone who um, 
we're, we're very different in our approaches sometimes. He's very logical and I'm very emotional. And that can be a bad mix sometimes. <laughs> but what I will say, um, he is one of the most caring people I know. Um, he is loyal, a loyal friend. Yeah. He is someone, if you are, if you are in a tough spot, he will be at your door with candy. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like he's that kind of friend. Like he's done that for people. He's shown up for people. And, um, so a great friend. I also just very much so look up to him in comedy. He gives me great feedback all the time. I always take his feedback, but yeah, big old love fest over here for Scott. But I, I do love having him on the show in this episode. We do talk a lot about, I would say, like, just, you know, the idea of perception and how you are trying to perceive yourself versus how people are perceiving you. And how do you show the world, like, who you are really and have them understand it. But also, we talk about, like, you know, just the dangers of social media and technology and Mm. our addiction to social media and what that's doing to us, which is a very interesting Mm -hmm. conversation to have. Um, and yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So it kind of starts off lighter and then gets heavier as it goes. So don't feel like you have to w- listen to this one all in one chunk. Yeah. Take it in chunks. Take it in chunks. Like, like think of it like an ice cream cake that you put in the fridge and Ooh. you can chip away at. I was going to say, take it like you take Tylenol. Take it every couple hours. <laughs> but that's even better i like the birth i like the ice cream cake yeah i always say like small the podmas episodes they're cupcakes they're bite-sized podcasts that you cupcakes. can easily listen to and the the bigger episodes are ice cream cakes that you pick away at i assume most people pick away at these and like save it for later because you never know when you're gonna want some ice cream cake mm-hmm yeah, there's some there's some really good stuff in this episode. I really enjoyed it. I hope you guys do too. It's a doozy, so good luck. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and big thank you to Scott for coming on for a fourth time. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. As always, follow Intoxicated on social media. Please share, 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 share. Share stuff. Let us know you're listening. Share, share with your friends, Instagram stories. That, like, you'll literally, like, make me very, very happy if you do that. It is Christmas. Give me the gift of a, a reshare. Give me the gift of giving. Or you can give the gift of a review on Apple Podcasts. Ooh, five stars. Positive review. Better. I've noticed other podcast ads have started saying that. Whenever they plug reviewing, they say, please leave a positive review on Apple Ooh. Podcasts. Because that's very important, or too. negative. Like, that's, that's cool, too. As long as it's a review. Uh, no, no, oh, no. Don't do that. If you, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not a podcaster. If you have something negative to say, send me a message or an email, and I will address the, the issue with the oh. show. That's, one that's star, better. One star review is no good. That takes the writing down. Oh, don't do that. So don't do that. Five stars only. Five stars only. And make it good and funny, and I'll reshare it. Um, yeah, and send in your voicemails. Uh, you can also email questions to intoxicatepodcast at gmail.com. Check out the YouTube channel. There are video episodes every weekend. Um, but guys, that's it. Please enjoy this very um intriguing very hearty hearty it's hearty this very hearty episode with a very funny very smart my good friend scott mcclain
See, I wish I was, uh, I wish I was consistent in my desires. I wish I was consistent, and I wish I was more consistent in my desires to not, to be away from everything. Because there's Scott that wants to be in the middle of it all, and then there's Scott that wants to be away from everything. And I really wish I was the kind of guy who loved to just be by myself all the time. But you're an introvert, though. I know. You like conversing with people. You like talking to people, connecting with people. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Do you think the pandemic fucked? Okay, actually, you want, uh, we got to introduce you. Okay. <laughs> well, why don't we start? Well, look, look, we've rambled a bit. I know. We it's should, great. It's great. No, we had to warm up. We had to warm up. We I've got that on tape. The episode. We're going to start. I'm going to introduce him before I forget to introduce him. I don't think anything has <coughs> happened in this conversation worthy of putting into a podcast. No, I think it was I think it was a good little lead-in. It was good for us to talk. No, I like little lead-ins like that. All right. Bring, all pe- right. bring people in. Cold opens. Not a big fan of podcasts that open with, we are here today with. You know what I mean? Like, Who are we here today with? Um, so, hey, everybody. We are back with a returning guest. Um, a good friend of mine. Amazing stand-up comedian. Fourth solo episode? Is that this? I oh. think so. You've done... We did one with a video when I first met you. Mm-hmm. We did the dr- really drunk one. Wow. And we did the one that would have been last year. Yeah. So this is your fourth solo. Yeah, because the first one was after I had made beer. Yes. And then the second. That was single Scott. Yeah, that was single Scott. And then really hammered was Lauren Scott. Yeah. And then the next last one. Was like happy medium Scott. And now we're getting a sober Scott. Well, hungover Scott. We're drinking. Okay. Scott McLean's here, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so the the story behind this is that I had initially thought it would be cool for us to do a series together of us arguing. Mm-hmm. A bonus series. Um but and that still might happen. We still might we still might do that. Yeah. But you're gonna you're gonna do a full full episode first. I like having returning guests on and friends of mine because it's it's just easier. <laughs> yeah it's just so much easier we got things to talk about yeah we can bounce off each other like i just i like having returning guests on so uh you guys got travis back and now we have scott back now hey so. guys hello intoxicated fans welcome back buddy remember when i had one of your fans say they knew me from uh, an episode at that park show that we did at the baseball diamond and yep. they came out and they was like, hey, yep. I saw you from the episode. And I was like, man, I'm cool. People like uh, the Scott episodes because we were not afraid to disagree. Um, Scott says whatever the fuck he wants. And uh, I try to keep up. So are my when you disagree. Was like, you? Yeah. There's only, well, we kind of got into a fight recently. Why? <laughs> we got to do a disagreement on Messenger that kind of made me go, Scott, shut the fuck up and leave me alone for... <laughs> yeah, you do that. You do that whenever I fucking face you with uncomfortable truth. No, I do that when I'm working and I don't have time to fucking argue. No, you've got all the time in the world. No. And then once I put you to that spot, that's when you go, no, you don't have time. I don't... I think there's some things that we won't agree on. Um, what were we arguing about? Oh, it was uh, diversity bookings on shows. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> We're not getting into that now. People don't. We're not uh, starting the episode with that. Why talk. can't? Why can't we have a? Why can't we have that conversation? Start right the fuck over. 
And we'll talk about what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm going to put a bleep. Uh, I got here at 4 o'clock. It is now 6.30, 7 o'clock? What is it now? It is 6.37. 6 uh, and we just uh, argued, and things got very emotional. <laughs> I really want to do a time lapse for well, the video yeah, episode. I think the, That's what's going to happen. time lapse would be great. You got a fucking... It was an hour and 20 minutes that we fucking screamed at each other about. But now we're good. Now I think we're good. Now we're in a place that we can do this right. Are we not? Yes. I feel better now. Like I came in here at low energy, tired as a motherfucker. I need to yell at somebody. That's the problem. I didn't yell at anybody all day. Mm-hmm. Neither I, of us. I did most of the yelling, in all fairness. You did most of the yelling uh, and most of the I've, crying. I've... <laughs> <laughs> but look, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. But as flawless. Yeah, you just touched up your makeup. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> but this is what, what before we hit record, this is what I was saying. This is why, and not to get like right out of the bait with the fucking free speech thing, but this is what uh-huh. I was saying is I believe that that's why conversations are important is because yes. we just spent an hour and 20 minutes arguing with each other because we thought that the other person had a certain perception and instead of just writing that person off and saying, oh, you believe this, so I'm not going to engage with you because I think you're wrong, we had the conversation yeah. and then we found out, wow, we have common ground. We actually ground. agree. Yeah. yeah. And now we're, we're like, dude, it was getting heated. Like we were getting, like you were 100% actually fucking angry. <laughs> and I was getting Have you ever fucking, seen me that mad? Uh, I mean, I've, when we've, I've, I've felt that anger in some of our messages back and forth. Yeah. But I did, I did, I don't want to, I don't want to stray away from that emotion. I feel like we spend a lot of time, like we people in general spend a lot of time trying to stay away from that kind of addressing mm-hmm. that aggression. Mm-hmm. And I think it's right for us to go through it. Like, I, like yes, no, I agree. With I that. am in yeah, yeah, yeah. A po- I'm in the most positive mood I've been in all day. And I, I like, I feel like I have a better understanding. I feel like we both have a better understanding of each other and, and what we felt like on that topic. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, 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 if we would have cut it off, which you tried to cut it off, you did try to cut it off. You tried, no, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You said it like, I don't know, 27 times. <laughs> Me being me, I wouldn't let you relent. I kept pushing. But look at where we're at now. <laughs> this is what I mean. I'm trying. I, yeah, I, know. I, I, I do know, I know, feel I know, that I, know. I don't like shutting down the conversation because I think that there's positivity at the other end there if we can just work People through it. People don't like to be uncomfortable. I know, but we got to be uncomfortable. Pe- people's tolerance for being uncomfortable, a lot of people have a low tolerance for that. Yeah, and growth that, growth is through becoming uncomfortable. That's. I but mean, this is where the f- stupid, I know it's a cheesy saying, but feeling your feelings, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't God, feel their feelings. you make everything real gay right quick. Well, that was going to be my assumption about you. <laughs> feeling, I, feeling, feeling? I was going to say that I assume... So let's <laughs> let's get into the assumption segment. Okay. Right off the top. Don't punch me in the face. Ow. Um, I was gonna say, because I, I know you pretty well. So like it's hard for me to have assumptions at this point about you, because mm-hmm. you're one of my closer friends. Yes. And I feel like uh most times when people say something about you, like I never really believe what people are saying because I know the real Scott. Mm-hmm. I've, we've hung out a lot and mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of talks. And um, you got to meet me before you met my uh, w- before you heard my per- my re- reputation. 
You met me before you met my reputation. A lot of people meet my reputation first, and then they meet yeah, me and that's they go, true. what? What happened? I thought this was a, I thought this guy was a fucking total asshole, and it turned out he's not so bad. Uh, but you, you, I'm pretty sure you met me before you had a perception that I was a prick. Yeah. Other than my douchey we, face makes me look. How we initially met was on Tinder. Okay. Yes. <laughs> You'll never. You bring that up every fucking episode. Look, Which means I got he beautiful has taste because he swiped yeah, right she's, on me. She's, it was a it was a high point of your life getting like right swiped by me. I understand. God, that's so fucking wild. Take the little wins as you get them. That's a wild <laughs> idea. Just alternate timelines of like things that could have happened. Yeah. Like like I asked Dan Hendrickson uh, to go to a wedding with me. And for whatever reason, uh, like he couldn't go, so like like it never happened. But it was yeah. like sort of like a date, uh, and I'm like, holy shit, what's the alternate timeline there yeah. of what would have happened? Like, yeah, oh wow, that's so you know, cool. or, and also, but also, it's You'd like, you'd never have done comedy. <laughs> Why? What makes you think I wouldn't have gotten into it? You would have been too afraid been to too go like, to the show that Dan was at, and you would just be like, no, I'm not going to do comedy. That we, I had an awkward date with that guy. And uh, well, my first message. Oh, sorry, to I'm Dan, assuming that this date with Dan in the alternate timeline was awkward. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've had crushes on a lot of a lot of people in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan was one of the first crushes I had. And it was only a small little crush, just a small little crush. Big, tall, a big handsome one. guy. What can you do? Yeah, exactly. But it's just funny to think of like what would have happened. Yeah. Now hold on, you were talking about assumptions. You were doing the assumptions. Well, my assumption Feel was, your feelings. My assumption was going to be that you don't. That you don't often, um, you're a very logical person. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when something is going on in your life, you instantly analyze it logically. Uh, And so my assumption about you would would be that you don't let yourself just sit in feelings for too long. Yeah, it's that's is that true? That is the that couldn't be further from the truth. Oh. And if Lauren was here, oh, it's oh, it's dude, not true. I cry at fucking at music so much, like songs, like that that oh. just I I tear up. I I have a hard time singing. Uh, what's that song? Um, Tragically hip. Uh, Fiddler's Green. Oh. There's a part in it, and it says, "Tie or uh, he doesn't know his soul, and there's no one that he really knows, yeah. but he won't travel long alone." Like that. Even just saying it now, like it that yeah. chokes me up. I have a hard time. Fuck. I kind of almost have to put myself into a meditative state if I'm playing that song to yeah. sing that lyric. Mm. Otherwise, I'll choke up. And sometimes it's in, in a song that's really, really joyful, like like a, a happy song okay. that's expressing happiness in a certain way. That might choke me up. I'm an incredibly sensitive person. So, but this is the thing. I I think sometimes with you. Because you come with logic a lot of the times, like mm-hmm. if I'm being emotional about something. So a lot, there's two types of friends, right? There's the types that just are there for you while mm-hmm. you're spiraling. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're the type that would try to explain it to the person and come from logic. And so that's where my assumption yeah. came from. But maybe that's just because well, so- I don't know you in like a home setting or like well, outside no, of, you, you know, it's a proper perception to have at me because I do use the logical thing. I, You're very logical. I try to take my Scorpio. feelings out because my feelings fuck up. Like I've made all kinds of terrible decisions in my life because of an emotional state. Like I got out of the worst oh, yeah. relationship of my life and I was devastated when it ended, when it was the best thing that ever fucking happened to me. But I was sad because it wasn't logically. 
It was illogical that I felt that way. Mm. Logically, it was the greatest thing that ever happened. And I, I knew objectively that it was a great thing. But emotionally, it kept me in turmoil and sadness. And so when Which I one? see somebody... Which uh, relationship? Uh, my, Baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, ex and mother of my kids. Uh, it was terrible. Um, but coming out of that, like what made me get out was, was a logical solution like i had yes. to look at it objectively and logically to get myself out of that negative emotional state so when somebody comes to me with a problem and they're emotional about mm -hmm. it uh i i should do that thing you know uh, do you want do you want to listen or do you want to talk or do you want solutions or do you just want to vent yada 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 i won't ever ask that question at the freight i'll try to make that assumption as it's happening but mm. i see my friend in emotional turmoil I want that person to be out of the emotional turmoil. Their emotions are keeping them in the turmoil. How do we get them out? We bring the logic in. Yeah, absolutely. That's, the logic and I, and is I think the light. I, think it's, I don't think it's a bad approach at all. It gives me but a lot it, it of also, shit. But it also <laughs> makes me worry about you personally. Like, uh, on a personal, like, your relationship with yourself, it would make me worry. Uh, I don't know how my relationship with myself is. I'm very self-deprecating. I'm very, I'm incredibly Everyone hard on myself. Everyone has fucking trauma. Everyone has it. Yeah, I try to, uh, I try to, um, I try to purge weakness from my life. I fucking suck at it. Like, I eat, I, I consider weakness like eating fast food, like eating a Baconator. That's weakness. I try to purge that from it because it's my, it's my fucking urge to do. Logically, I'll go, this is a bad idea, but emotionally, I got to fucking rock hard cock as I'm going through the Wendy's drive through to get that yeah. Baconator that I know yeah. is going to hurt me and I know I'm going to feel like shit afterwards, but <sighs> I want to fucking Buddy, I know. eat it. I want to, I want to feel that cheese and that crisp and I want to fucking, ugh. Yeah. Food is, is. And then afterwards, it's like after I finish a Baconator, it's like after you come during sex and you're just like, you're like. What is, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't know that feeling. I just cry every time. <laughs> well, that's kind of the feeling. It's the shame that gets attached to it. You get that if you had a, a, a Christian or Roman Catholic upbringing, right? Not supposed to masturbate. Every sperm is sacred. I so, did, but I chose to stop going to church at 16. Go, going to church. I think so like, like we, we were church. every Sunday church. Yeah. Church I was up family. Until, I'm, I'm, I was an altar boy and, a, and uh, I'm confirmed Roman Catholic. I don't believe any of this shit, but that's yeah. all right. I just have to give God a wink before I die and he'll let me in. My parents were like, you can decide what you want to do after you're confirmed yeah. in and the then, church. And then, which is such a like, I got confirmed which is such the last a, time I went to which church. Which is such a trick because it's like you are uh, a confirmation or whatever. And Catholic is like, what is that exactly? It's just like, yeah, you are. It's like you are Catholic now. Yeah. You are confirmed well, in the church. You're you're a Roman Catholic. Um, You've done everything, and then the next sacrament, I think, is marriage, and then death. I stopped going, and then all my sisters stopped going. They're older than me. It's like when I lost my virginity in high school, I was the first in my friend group to lose it, and then they all followed suit. You're a trendsetter. I'm a born leader. Who would have known that you would have inspired so many people to have sex, and then regret and, it, and then just go ten years without it. <laughs> Ten years, not ten years without it. I'm, I'm not Andrew Vaughn. I know, I know, I know. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> he's always going to be the person who who would speak up. And now that he's dead, I feel like I'm the least sexually active person yeah? amongst my friends. Well, maybe amongst know. most of the people I know. I don't most know of. Know. But uh, okay, so assumption. Did you have an assumption about me? I assume that you have worn out the motor of more than one vibrator. No. 
No. I'm a I'm a hand bitch. Okay. I, so mm. I I am trying to write a joke about this. Overrated. Sex toys are overrated. Yeah. I mean for me personally. I, don't use them. I have uh yeah, no, I haven't worn any out. Um I don't use the whole hand. I take my coffee black. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, the, like women got a lot of fun toys. I, There's I, only so no, much that a guy can do. And this is the thing. I just, um, you know, and like my uh, my friend Serena will back me up on this. Um, if you are someone who purely relies on like fucking magic wands, like that type of vibration, it's going to be really hard for you to enjoy just like regular sex with a human. It's why uh, a lot and of the, like why I don't do a lot of that. It's because your your sex is tied to your psychology and that's why a lot of uh, adolescents are like uh, there's impotence yeah. is beginning to start at adolescence for a lot of people because porn is so readily available on your phone that if you're always jerking off to porn, your yeah. your uh, like biologically you're you're essentially there's you're not getting smell you're not getting yeah. touch yeah you're not getting you're you're only getting visual stimulation and that's what's making you come yeah so then when you put the other parts in there it's like they almost become a distraction this isn't totally scientific in the way i'm explaining it but there is someone that has looked into this that has proven it uh that that basically the more porn you watch, the harder it is to have real sex because yeah. you're rewiring your brain to consider uh, just visual stimuli mm -hmm. and I guess the sense of touch or jerking off or whatever to uh, to it's rewiring it. So that I, don't, I don't watch anymore. No? I watch it maybe once a month. So my do you my plan sex it? Do you drive is, it? well, my sex drive is so low lately that I really only get horny around my period. And it's usually one night or day a month or one 48 hour period where I actually even touch myself and watch porn and then other other than that i don't i'm not horny fucking, my sex drive is gone what a blessing man my sex drive is is no it's not no it so is. like when i was doing my it psych is. test like she's like she the meds that she uh recommended for me apparently increase your sex drive which i'm like fuck yeah i i i don't want it to be low i want it to be yeah. um higher i don't like not feeling horny like I, Mind well, you, in moderation. How no, are you even this, cognizant of it? There's this whole theory as well that like orgasms actually uh, like aren't as good for you as people think. Like people, a lot of people, oh, they're good for headaches. They're good if you're feeling sick. They're, like just do it, do it, do it all the time. And it's like it makes you really unproductive. I think if you're just constantly doing that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> so I, I, that's I envy I, that because imagine if I could just wake up and then start doing shit and not have to worry about. But for your mood, before. it's probably good. What? I imagine coming. Uh, it's good for your mood. It's for no. It's just for my clarity and focus. It gets me out of. Well, yeah, men have to get it out. I have to. Yeah, I can't focus. I, I, women, not so much. I don't think. No. I don't think that that's really a thing. I mean, there's certainly there's like hypersexual women that are out there for sure, but they are uh, the the rarity in comparison to like your average guy is going to be thinking about sex and whatnot more just because I mean that's again we've had this conversation before on the podcast. Dick gives is spreads the seed. Women decide which seeds to plant. 
Yeah. So they're more selective. Yeah. Men are more just, it's like, get it out. Get it. And, and yeah. Yeah. I, I can get plagued by my horniness. So I want to be back there though. I want to switch spots why? with you why? because it made me feel alive when I was, well, and <laughs> so now you're just dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> when, but, but the thing is, and this, but how and do this, you miss it? How do you miss it? Um, how do you, I miss like, the excitement. Okay. So here's what I miss. Reflectively you're missing it right now, but I mean, in the moment, you can't miss it. You can only miss it when you look back. Yeah, that's true. I because mean, there, there definitely is an aspect of, like, it's been this way for a while, and I'm kind of used to it at this point. Well, if it's not there, then you don't miss. Like, if, if, I, if I'm not horny, then I'm not going, uh, thank God I'm not horny right now. Mm, I'm just not horny. You just not, you aren't. I, okay, this, this is going to sound strange. Sometimes my brain is horny, but my body isn't. <laughs> Um, let me try to figure that, that out. That, that, I know that I, that sounds very strange. And I think it, I think what it comes down to is I really, in my head in in my emotions and in my head, I want uh partnership. I want connection. Mm-hmm. I want intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's the part that makes me emotionally horny. Just the idea of like, yeah, not being alone, connecting with somebody. Mm-hmm. I also have not had physical touch for a long time. Like if we're talking pandemic, mm-hmm. whenever the pandemic happened, I've gotten laid once since then. Hey, hey, oh, that was a means to an end. Like that was literally like a means to an end. Like it wasn't like once in two years. That's not a long. That's not a lot. No, it's not. Um, but you're so also I'm lacking you're, physical you're, touch. You're, you're, you, uh, how how afraid of COVID are you? How much has COVID had to play against that? On the other person's end, a lot, I think. And I think I think actually because I'm talking with another guy who I'm, we've been trying to fuck for months, but he's very um, he's very COVID paranoid. Mm. No, or so ain't. he says. No, yeah, ain't. no, I know. No, I know. You're... I'm like, why don't you just tell me you just don't want to fuck me? You're... No, because you're... T- no, listen. This is why. You are porn to him. Yeah. Have you guys been talking... When you guys message, do you do a lot of fuck talk? Mm, I... Not really. Because I, I would like to meet up in person mm-hmm. before that stuff happens. I want... But Here's why. You said you've been trying to fuck for months. He... Okay. What does so that derive from? What? I have a lot of explaining to do. When I'm in... <laughs> <laughs> and this is so confusing. Because my sex drive is so up and down. Mm-hmm. When I am horny, like, I will message him. I will message yeah. him. But I'm only horny for, like, a couple days out of the month. Mm-hmm. When those days are gone and he's messaging me, I'm just like, I'm too busy. I can't. But women are reactive. So maybe even when you're not horny, you got to get there and then you will reactively be horny. So that's the thing, though. Women are reactively horny. That was said by a female sex psychologist is that women are reactive (laughs) and men and and that's why we have to be proactive because a lot of women won't be in the mood until they get put into the mood. Yeah. That sounds fucking racist. And it takes different (laughs) things for different people to be put in the mood. For me personally... The times I've been the most horny for someone have been when I've known the person very well. Mm-hmm. So that would have been like the last heartbreak I had where it was a phone relationship for two or three years of talking all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So like we knew each other well. It was the sound of the voice. I love a good voice. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And 
And uh, with him, it's a lot of just texting, but we we haven't met in person. Yeah. So there's, I feel like I need that in-person contact to figure mm. out if he's going to make me horny or not. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like... Because we're not having two-hour conversations on the phone every other day for two years, like the other person. Yeah. So it's kind of this weird mix. It's well, very strange okay. and, and bizarre. Um, I think there's potential. There's first of potential. all, you can't just be messaging this with the guy when you're horny. Men are not just objects, okay? <laughs> we're real people. So you need to respect that. Okay? I know. He's more than just... I know. For I you know. to fucking ride. Some guy for you to toss aside like a pistachio shell, you know, take it that snack when you want it. No. You it's a real individual and you need to accept But he that. just wants to fuck too. He's thinking of me as, as an object as well. So oh. why can't we just objectify each other? I like the sounds of that. <laughs> but you got to get but, in, I'm saying for, I'm saying that you, you your horniness if it's going to happen at all with this particular individual yeah. will likely happen. Even when you're not horny initially, like yeah, I think it's I, I think it's gonna take steps to get there. I th- I think having this extended amount of time with nothing has made it. Uh, it's gonna take a while for me. I don't think I'm gonna fuck him right away, like you think I should. I don't think you should. I think you. Should I don't want. I don't want to fuck him right away. I like sexual tension. Mm-hmm. Sexual, I, I'm almost more horny for sexual tension than I am for actual That's a fine sex. line. You can't string it out too long. Buddy, stringed it out for three years with somebody. Yeah, but you guys didn't end up banging. No, we did not. And no. that's why it's sucky. Yes, that's <laughs> what I'm that's saying. that's why I have learned to not do that again. Look, look, look. <laughs> you don't have to bang on the first date. You don't have to bang on the second date. Getting past the third is going to be tough. Date three is definitely... And I, I mean, don't believe you should three... bang on date three. I believe you should build that sexual tension up as much as I, you can. I think that makes for the best, honestly, sex, honest, like, like to get to a point where but we you are... know you're attracted, like, make out, yes, make out. But we're in a world, we're in a world where... Right swipe. No, I know. I just and that's the, the thing. I would be dumb to assume that he, while he's in between texting me, that he is not. Oh, oh my god! I really hope he doesn't listen to this. We should really whatever <laughs> change does. subjects. Uh, um, you don't want. I'm a busy person, so I am actually not actively pursuing like online dating right now, mm-hmm. or really anyone else. Um, I don't think you should ever be I'm pursuing busy. anybody. I think you yeah, should I'm be not, I don't I don't want it. <laughs> I think you should be uh I think the the people that are hyper focused on getting into a relationship never get into a good relationship. Mm, you're not wrong. That's the that's the old saying and it's a saying for a reason because it's true. Just take the universe as it comes to you. But what is Welcome what is energy. pursuing? Is pursuing wanting? Uh if you're out there looking for a relationship, do you think that's what I'm doing? Yep. How? We've had this conversation. But what am I doing to try? You're... Okay. It, we don't need to... We would be more general. It doesn't have to be you specifically. Uh, people... <laughs> in, well, no. People in general, they... they When they're pursuing a relationship, they are all... They're already criticizing that person through the scope of... of are you relationship material? When what you should be doing is <clears> just <throat> going and saying, hey, man, this could work out or it won't. That's like... Let's oh yeah, no, for sure. People should take it a little less serious. Because the, like, I, You're not wrong, I didn't man. want a relationship, 
when I started talking to Lauren, I was not looking for a relationship. We connected in a way that a relationship made sense, and then it just naturally happened yeah. relatively. I mean, incredibly quickly, actually. But uh, it wasn't. I was done, and the best relationship <clears throat> I've ever had occurred when I basically gave up on try. When I accepted defeat that I would never be in a relationship, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be a pig, I guess, and uh, accept the fact that I'm not gonna be in a relationship. So, but did you? Okay. So you accepted the fact that you weren't going to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. What else were you doing in your life that made her come along? Was it? I mean, I, I creeped her profile. It was a total pig move. Were you were you online dating? Sure. Yeah. I ran so out of right was, swipes. The issue. I, hold on. I ran out of right swipes. <laughs> you can run out. I ran out of rights. I, I ran out of right swipes. Sorry. No woman has ever run out of right no. swipes because no woman has swiped right that many times yeah. on the fucking men online. So. I ran out of swipes and then I was on Facebook and it was under people you should know, you may know. And you added her. And I added her. And I lied about, I, 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 when she, it said, hey, this person accepted your friend request. Say hi. I said, oh, thanks for adding me. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, oh, you added me actually. And I was like, oh, my finger must have slipped. It was, everything started on a lie. But you had, a pig, a you perverted had pig lie. You have the space in your life to be taking the time to do that. <laughs> you know how I feel about the word fucking space. Uh, no, okay. So what, what I'm getting at is I've pinpointed that the reason nothing's happening for me currently is I just literally am not, I don't have the space for it. When I'm home, I'm working on stuff. Yeah, but my dick when was I'm, at the wheel. When I'm, when I'm, my dick was at the wheel when that of that decision. I was not driving that decision. Yeah, my my, my vagina was. is asleep. Yes, yeah, we is need the to, issue. We need so, to get some fucking, so like, uh, I don't know what it is. Is I need uh, I need to go out more. I need to even just go out with girlfriends and have like I I just need to put myself as available to the universe. I know that sounds cheesy. It, everything you say sounds <laughs> cheesy, <laughs> but like I need I I'm not prioritizing it right now, and that's that's um. But that's. I think that's right. But how the fuck is any guy going to find me when I'm literally editing videos and podcasts and at open mics for most of my time? Well, you need how are balance, you how, the balance. It, it's the difficulty of that's just what balance it is. in general. I don't have it. So that's my issue. Well. And how do you get balance, make space for something in your life without wanting it or going after it? But we have to do not you want not it and not prioritize it. This, do you not fill up some of your time so you don't have to face the dread of uh, of of putting yourself out there and being rejected? Like, or like are, are, not are you saying up? that like workaholism is like a coping, like or a a, dis a distraction from yeah. actually? Yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah, and you keep yourself busy because I wouldn't have like I don't have time for that. Because if you did have the time for that, then you'd, you'd have to do it. You'd have to do it and uh, probably deal probably with all that negative shit that could be associated with it. That could be part of it. And so we've, we're there now. I'm so, working on that. I got to work on that. So, for sure. uh, I mean, like, why do you work as hard as you do? Because you are, as and I've said this several times, you're one of the hardest working people I know. Um, so. Why? I mean, that's a great question. Is it because you're trying to avoid that void? Yeah, I think it it helps with loneliness because if I'm um, doing something, I'm not sitting around going, I don't have friends. 
I'm alone. I'm mm-hmm. physically alone. Um, but you're you know, also even even things like enjo- like watching a TV show. I feel like would be more enjoying with another person. Oh, I I have a hard time watching TV shows by myself. Like I I it's just one of those experiences that while I make fun of like I have a joke where I'm like couples can't even watch shows alone. Like I am, but like I'm. I'm saying that joke because a part of me is jealous of it. Like yeah. I, I yeah. want someone to watch TV with. Yeah. Um, I want a relation, like my ideal, when I think of like my ideal situation is, is I still want to remain fulfilled in my life and career and comedy and like hobbies, but I want to come home to someone mm-hmm. and I want well, to come home. To, I want a coach man. You, you, I just want a guy who's like, wants to eat a pizza on a coach at the end of the day and chill the but fuck that, out. Don't, no, no, no. Don't. <laughs> you do want a guy there. You you want you want present, but you can't have a house cat. No, I know. Well, I want him to be. I, that's the other thing too. I because I am so fulfilled in other areas, in many areas. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably not the important ones. Um, I want that person to also be fulfilled. I don't really. Yeah, they be, could be I fulfilled elsewhere, and then you guys come together at the end of the day. I don't think I could nice. date someone who, who's in a job they hate. Hmm. Because I've made the I've made the well, choice. You've just limited your options to I know. The, like two percent. But that's of the people. thing about standards, right? You have to figure out what standards you're keeping and what standards you're ditching at this point. I am no. thirty fucking four. I no. gotta ditch some standards. Yes, you gotta ditch some standards, but you've got to. Yeah, that that is a standard. People I don't know are gonna if that's hate standard, their job, but but I I I guess I just mean I don't want to date someone who is just complain about their life constantly okay for sure that's, I mean, that's kind of what it is person. if you don't if you don't love your your day job but you have be passionate about something mm-hmm. yes. like, like and enjoy something mm-hmm. do something that's for you yes i would not want like someone who works a job and comes home and is at my back and call Yes, exactly. Okay, so that's what I would say. You don't want that. You don't want, I don't want that. You don't want a man that you can I, eat. I, no. You want a man that. But it would be nice to both live full you. lives and then like come home to each other. I want someone to come home to. Hmm. So so yeah. Uh, that's the interesting thing though is because there is a, there is an element of um, the workaholism is a distraction from is is to keep you busy so you don't have to deal with that aspect. But also you have passion in the stuff that you work hard for. Yeah. And you have a care. Now, I would say the one thing that you have the biggest struggle with is stand-up. Not as far as, I mean, as far as doing that, like, you are at the scene more than... Stand-up is is throwing off your balance. Because there's times where you're going out to support the show, support the scene, Mm, and yada, yada. Not so much anymore. Look. Not so much. Stop going to shows and watching them. Unless you're going to yucks. I don't do that a lot. So the the shows that I do that for would be Yuck Yucks, mm-hmm. um, and I mean I went I went to Foggy Funnies one night t- to go support Sarah, my friend, mm-hmm. and that ends up going doing a spot. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like, no, I don't. Um, when someone suggests comedy show as a hangout, it's a hard no for me. Yes, I feel like it's it's number one. I'd rather be on the stage than in the crowd. Yeah. Number two, I don't want to be analyzing shit while I'm trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not to say comedy is not fun. Yeah. If I'm going to see, I would go see Nathan McIntosh. I would buy a ticket and go yeah. see Like the killer, killer, killers, killers. No offense to anyone in the scene. But like, yeah, if, if a fucking John Doerr comes, fuck yeah, I'm going. Mm. And I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah. And but, you should just, you, you, you 
should go as the comedian. Yes. But you you also would want to go just as the pure lover Spectator. of comedy. Yeah. Like as someone because that enjoys someone it. like John Dore is so high up there mm-hmm. on the ex- I don't know just the experience of watching him. I have a hard is time thrilling as a comedian uh, versus as an audience member. Like when I'm watching a killer, I am I have a hard time analyzing because I'm too caught up in enjoying it to really analyze what they're doing. Right. Um, I, there are certain times where I see that what they're like where they're going with a joke. Mm-hmm. And that's when the comedian and me will be like, "Ha here he like he's going to this direction. I know you where call this it. is going. You call it. Um, but but that's just more so like that's not me analyzing. It's just kind of like it just popped into my head as I was watching and enjoying it as an audience member. But there's times where I'll like rewatch a comedy special, mm-hmm. and I'll mm. go, "What is that guy doing? Like, how is it that he is?" How is it that he's getting through this bit? And usually, what yeah. it is is he's trimming the fat, and he's and he's relying on, I guess, the emotion of it, mm, being very present. Yeah, like you have to present. A, you're presenting a past tense story, and you have to do it in the moment. Yeah, like you got to say what was going in your head at the time that all this was occurring. That's where a lot of the comedy comes from. Is like, yeah. is the emotion that comes through it, right? Yeah, it is. Juxtaposition emotion um, with logic, maybe is that uh, part of it? Could be. I'd love to see your birth chart. A who? <laughs> your birth chart. The fuck? Are we going into astrology? <laughs> yeah. But honestly, yeah, the, the balance thing, I it's my number one goal and it's the one thing I'm failing at. And it it sucks. It's, inc- when, it's when, incredibly when someone, when you're someone who but when you're someone like me who like if I set my mind to something, I can do it. I have ingredients to be successful. But the balance thing is one one area where I fail constantly. Well, because when you balance one way, you feel guilty about not accommodating the other way. Well, comedy, for example, like I know I could be so much better if I if I focused more. Mm-hmm. If I if I actually like my my thing is is like in my head I go I know I should prepare before shows I should probably like new new bits should probably say them out loud once before I say them on fucking that chlamydia joke wrote it before you got to the show and I did it mm-hmm. I shouldn't do that no you should yeah why not ah. if anything don't write it Just fucking say it now that's something I le- I'm leaning into more, but yeah. I'll tell you when it goes bad, it fucking sucks. I try to, I try to say it, the idea, the first time, and then I go, okay, there's something there, and then I mm-hmm. start to write it, and then I find I like I I used to when I would write a new joke after I pref- the first time I did it, it was really great because it really came from the heart. And then as I started to write it, it would it would start to get worse because I wasn't presenting it in the real honest way. Um, I feel like simple, I'm getting stupid. past that and that I don't <clears throat> go through this point where the joke starts hard, starts well, sorry, and then starts to dip in its quality. And then I leave it alone for a while and then I pick it up later. Yeah. And, it, and then it's when I pick it up later, the joke is the best it has been right you, you give it you take a little break from it for but, but you, you never i'm getting past the point of needing to take the break i'm i'm getting to a point where i can figure out how to 
give it the original emotion that I had when I thought it. Like, or, or like stay it. in that feeling, yeah. that state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's, it's the whole, um, being present when you're doing comedy, like doing jokes that you just truly don't want to do is so hard. Like jokes that you like, say, say you get an opportunity and you need to bring your A game. So you mm -hmm. can't necessarily do new stuff that you're, and you have to go back to those, those jokes that are like, you know, are the closers, the openers, the, the ones that bring it home. Mm -hmm. We all have those jokes of mm -hmm. ours, you know, um, when you're not feeling that and you have to bring that, that is, whew, it's a talent to do, like to say the joke, like you're authentically in it when you're not. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, and if it's a joke that you know well enough, like that, that like I, I just call it yeah. going on autopilot. Yeah, um, you can autopilot some great stuff, and you can improvise while you're on autopilot. I, I, I improvise better when I'm on autopilot doing my time tested stuff. Yeah, I can, I can interact with the audience more, or riff a bit more when I know how I'm going to pull it back to where I was going. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, it's like, yeah, you do, you're kind of like, oh, I got to do this material because I have to do well because I do have an opportunity from this. Like when I did, when I did, yeah. when I did, uh, EX recently, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go up and I'm going to do some great time tested shit. I did one brand Tried new and joke, true. Yeah. Uh, and, and it went really well. But I, I chucked it into autopilot. And I had one of the best sets of my life. There you go. And it was, and I was not, but I wasn't excited about the set until I was on stage doing the set. When I was going up, I was like, I didn't even want to go up that night. I was so fucking tired and I was just, just rote. I didn't have the energy to go up. I didn't think I was going to be funny. I had all this anxiety. I was just like, oh, I'm going to have to slug through 20 so minutes of death. Those can like, like, like sometimes be the best sets. It's so funny how that works. Yeah. I think it. I don't know, but maybe it's because you're, you're you care, right? Like, Survival mode, maybe. I yeah. gotta I gotta get the fuck through this, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna, and it's almost like too like preserving energy, like if you're feeling out of it, and then you take the stage, and, the, and there's a weird feeling when it's like, okay, it's on you now. It's your turn. They're all watching. Go. Yeah. It's it's a weird like like literally just like the key turns the engine on. So. We were talking about um, the difficulty of of uh, doing because you're not supposed to give a fuck. You gotta give a fuck without giving a fuck. Yeah, or you gotta you have to like for, give I mean, a fuck uh, without looking like you give the a fuck. adoration of your peers. You always want to do well for the people yes. that are around you, so that you get the adoration of your peers. But uh, you also can't be so worried about about what, they think. what people think yeah. it's yeah when they when an audience or when your peers can see that you give a shit about what they think they're not going to laugh as hard as if it seems like you don't give a shit yeah exactly the you less never go up you to seem like you give a shit the better you will do and and yeah it becomes uh you never utter the words how did i do mm-hmm well you shouldn't have to you should just shouldn't know. have to you should just but but like you never want to, I mean, I guess unless you're looking for legit feedback, sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll well, just be like, how, okay. do you, how, do you, how do you think that was? You know, 
But then you're putting someone in an awkward position where they have to like step on a puppy's neck. Yeah, no. And you, you already gonna, know your neck was stepped on. You can only do that with certain people. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I like getting feedback from let, you. I would like to have people... Well, I mean, I like giving you feedback because I feel like you fucking catastrophize every set that you do. You like, also, I died, and it's like... No, you also you were there for my second set, and, you know, you've seen... The progression. Seen the progression. So, and you also. And I, and it's different with newer comics versus comics who have been doing it for a while. I mean, like, yeah, newer comics, it's, it's, you should be told, given a little bit of advice or, or it, it's a little more valuable at that time. Once you've been doing comedy for a certain amount of time, uh, it's like, you should know whether or not you're fucking, you did well or not. You shouldn't yeah. have to come off stage and go, how did I do? No, You'll yeah, yeah, that's the did. thing. You need that instinct. And the worst is going off stage and then someone you respect saying great set after you didn't have a great set. And you're like, ugh, why did you, now I can't trust well, you. Well, that person shouldn't be saying that. No, they shouldn't. But it happens. It's a pleasantry. It's a nicety. It's a thing that people that's do. That's why I like to avoid people after sets. I don't want to, I don't want anyone to feel obligated ever to say anything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, tr I try to trust that if I'm told good set, it means good set. But you shouldn't. Yeah, again, but my brain is constantly overthinking. Everything, it should all so just be what's the fucking audience think? Who cares? How did it feel else? too? How did it like, you know? Yeah. We, there's so many mediocre sets where you're just like, that wasn't a bomb, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Like yeah. those are, those are the most common. Mm -hmm. I would say, but it's, uh, I don't, you and I've talked about this many times. Um, the idea of quitting comedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Keep in mind, is, I'm pretty sure every comedian on the face of the earth dreams of quitting comedy. You think? As much as, uh, they love it. I'm sure there's people that are going like, fuck, like how, like, I mean, I've, I've heard it from, from people who I revere say like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this because it can be, it, it, what was it? Kathleen had said, uh, um, that there's peaks and valleys in, in comedy and some of the valleys happen while other people are hitting peaks Yeah, and it makes you feel like you're just stuck in the fucking valley for this long ass time. Yeah, absolutely. And and that is that is why like you have to fucking put blinders on and just focus on you. You doing well <clears throat> while you're on stage yep. and and maybe self-promotion and whatnot, but you got to you got to limit your yeah. uh, your give a shit about everything that's happening around you. It's just like like the advice for a new comedian is is go up, try to be as funny as you can, say hi to the fucking booker, say thanks or whatever. Just be, be nice, be respectful, and then fucking dip. Get out yeah. of there. Get out of there. Maybe yeah. hang out, but don't talk. Yeah. You just chill. Yeah. You'd be the mysterious person. People won't be able to form a negative opinion about you, and they're only going to observe. Gonna see... Take things in, and then and then watch it. That's uh, coming from a guy like me who never shuts the fuck up and is always in the conversation. Well, you. I mean, I've learned it. I've learned that. I've been burned by my own uh, 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 inability to shut the fuck up and just watch. Um, is that 
Is that what's wrong with you? Should we get into the what's wrong with you segment? What's wrong with you? Um, I don't know what's, I don't know if there's a lot that's wrong with me. I just. Well, you forget that you're a killer. I, I. Sometimes. Am, no, no, no. My, my problem is that I just assume every, everybody gets it. Like understands my perspective. And so when I put something out there, uh, now this is not so much on stage. On stage, I can, I can, it's fine. But in actual like interpersonal relationships, uh, I grow on people because it, at first, I forget that this person doesn't necessarily understand what I'm saying, right? They don't necessarily understand that my, if you start talking about something and you're frustrated, mm. Uh, or you're, or you have like an anger attached to it. Someone might just think like that guy's a fucking asshole, and he has no patience for yada 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 for this type of people. Like they can form a perception of you mm-hmm. uh, that is, it's it's in, in joke writing, it's qualifying. Kate Trevor Wilson told me that it was like when I first started out, like when I was in Toronto, and he was like, "You have to learn to qualify and." Because I was always doing like darker kind of cr- like I used to be like real I don't know it was kind of cringy it was more shock jock shit than anything used to but yeah well now I don't think I don't know if I, anything I say is particularly shocking no no it's, it's you're good it's I'm not I'm not going out there to well sometimes I try to provoke but I don't provoke for the sake of provoking I I will like try to maybe jab you in the ribs and then I'm gonna move on to like I'll have a point it's not just to go out there and fucking ha. It's not a shock jock type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But when you're doing shocking kind of humor, the way you have to do it is you have to qualify. Mm-hmm. You have to say, here is why I am qualified to sit talk about this. Here's what gives me, yeah, this is this gives me the right to talk about that. You, it's, okay, so like uh, Louis C.K. would say, I love my kids. I, 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 can't, I uh, they say beautiful things. It's poetic, but I don't have to hear fucking any of it. And then he does an mm-hmm. entire bit about how nothing his child has said, it matters at all. So now he can go on to talking horrible shit about his kid because he just talked about how much he loves it. He qualified why he is – he said, look, I'm a good person essentially, but I'm going to say some horrible things. And it's mm. – because if you just go into the horrible things, the people might just think that you're a horrible person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you kind of have to like present it in a way that they fucking get it, mm-hmm. that, that that you are allowed to uh, – and I have yeah. I have a bad time I have a hard time qualifying off stage. Oh, off stage on stage I can qualify. A long time I couldn't. I had a hard time with it. Uh, I've learned. I've learned how to qualify properly on stage. Um, it just came through experience and a lot of fucking not a lot of eating it. Um, but qualifying in like day to day shit. Oh man, I just assume everybody like. I think social media is destroying society because it gives us that picture of a person. Yeah, um, it's so easy to just write a person off as they are in that box. Let's check off that box. They're a fucking X. Perception so, is judgment. Yeah, and so they don't have to take the time 
to get to know you because they've already put you in the box and I don't want to fucking deal with that kind of person. So they throw you away. It's laziness and it's a lack of empathy. You're seeing a side of someone and assuming it's the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you might like in our fucking mm-hmm. fight before this, we Guys, both, it bad. We both mm-hmm. thought that we thought mm-hmm. something different. <laughs> we talk about an assumption. We assumed we had a different perspective on this when really we had the same perspective and it caused us to get into this big fucking tiff because <laughs> we we we, yeah. were, we were talking to the assumption not yeah. to the actual person yep. when you and, assume you make an ass out of you and me that mm-hmm. phrase is true and i assume that people get that i'm <laughs> that i don't think the horrible things that i say like when i do misogynistic jokes i assume people must know i but am not the... that giant of an asshole but you can't assume I well yeah I know and that's my problem. It's not qualifying in 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 private conversation. And, and I feel but like also, I shouldn't. I also feel like I shouldn't have to with a lot comedians. of these private interactions that you're having are public. Mm-hmm. Comment section, comment the comment section of sasses. Yeah, I mean I've public. dialed back on my Facebook posting. Like I don't do much uh, arguing on Facebook really much at all anymore. Good. Um, I think that's good for you. Don't because it's not good because you can't get... I mean, it's it doesn't lead anywhere well no. most of the time. It's no, just, there's no point. Just, I'm glad that you've stopped. Um, I'll still... Because you, you, you're, you're poking the bear when you do that. Yeah. I uh, Now I... If someone... I don't know. I don't care what... There's this weird thing where I don't care what people think, but I care so much at the same time. Absolutely. It's fucking I'm, weird. I'm in the same state. That's the weirdest thing is like Lauren and I have talked about is like, Scott, you don't give a shit about what anybody says, but you care so much. No, no, you know what it is? You care so much, but I think that, okay, how am I saying this? Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand. What I always say is if people think that I care what they think about me, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be who I am. I would be a version of myself that's much more likable. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So if, if people think, if if people think that I think, if people think that I care what they think, I would be a more likable version of myself. Yes. Yeah. I same for you. And and yeah, because I think because people if we, think if, I don't give a shit about anything. And the and, and like, but the truth is is that you're you don't care what people think in the sense of you're still gonna be who you are. You embrace who you are, you are who you are. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit if you think astrology is lame, I'm gonna talk about it. Stuff like that. If, if I really truly cared what people thought. I would say astrology is dumb. Astro- you know, you know what I mean. Like I would, I would play to the, the yes. norm, yes. the norm of what is likable, tolerable. And you would be a boring hack. I would be boring. I wouldn't be me. Correct. But so, in in the sense of we don't care what people other, other what people think of us, in the sense of like we're still going to be ourselves, but also we do care because well, I care. What they, I don't want them to misinterpret it. That's the thing. I don't like being misinterpreted. That's why it hurts because when you're yourself and someone misinterprets it, it's like, but I'm I'm showing you mm-hmm. exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm I'm open and I'm being honest. I'm being mm-hmm. authentic and you're still misinterpreting it. It's like if you say you disagree with something uh, and then everybody just goes, well, you are opposed to that person or that type yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. It's, 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 you can disagree without hate. Yeah. You, I, we can disagree on something. That doesn't mean I... I, I I'm malicious towards that uh, that thing. Um, I can okay. I I'm an atheist. It doesn't mean I hate people who believe in, people who believe. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot yeah. of people will hear, "Oh, you don't like that. You're just a you." So you think all these things. It's like no man. Like again, assumptions. But that's what I mean. You can't control what people are going to think of yourself. So what? How the fuck do you go from there? That's the thing, and that's what's scary about this day and age, especially with, like, pandemic and COVID and shit. We are all... People are afraid... To be honest. Be honest, but also, like, interact face-to-face in person for longer periods of times. I feel very lucky that I've had this podcast because Mm -hmm. I've been able to have long-form conversations with a lot of people and I walk away knowing them so much better than I would if I was just looking at social media. Because social media, again, it shows a side of you and even the people who are the most open on social media sharing their life all the time, that is not the full story. Even if they are posting constantly. Yeah, they're still editing. Like, because there's this great time. And the people that are posting constantly like that, they they generally ought to not post there's so a fabulous <laughs> they should probably dial it back. video of someone filming a group of people taking a photo like they're taking a, a selfie group photo situation mm-hmm. and there's a guy and like everyone's smiling and like posing for the picture and then as soon as the picture's done everyone's face just falls yeah yeah yeah, it's, it's, you're it's putting just, it on the show. It's it's an interesting video to look at to go, yep, that's um, social media in a nutshell for you. So here's a question. How should... So I want to... How does a person who needs to self-promote unplug from the nonsense? I want a flip phone. I want. I don't want to be texting people. I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to do any of that. But I kind of have to self-promote comedians, for comedy and Comedians whatnot. have to. Um, How do you get away from it? Ari Shafir did it for so long, but I guess he was already established by the time. He already had a network of people that would put him on shows and whatnot. But you're not addicted to social media, are you? Uh, I'm on it way too much. You're probably lesser of addicted than I've seen. Um, uh, I'm, I'm more, I do observe more than I, than I post. I'm on, yeah. I'm on, so I'm my, like, this is why I won't buy my kids a cell phone is because, I mean, they're nine right now, but there's nine years old out there with cell phones. I won't so buy them insane. a cell phone when, until, That's when they're 16, so crazy. they're going to buy their own phone and they're going to, if they want to have it, they have to, it's all on you. I'm not supporting it because I don't think we should be on them. I do think they're destroying yeah. everything. Yeah. I do really think that they're creating they're leading to the collapse of civilization. And phones or social media or both? Because uh, phones, both, I mean, both. a phone is just the device that connects you to social media. Yeah. Uh, phones it, are still necessary. It still gives you too much uh, connection. There's too much. Uh, mm. We can Google everything. 
I mean, I feel like, like it's social media is not all bad. I think, I think it makes people who are extremely lonely feel somewhat connected to the world, even though that's a skewed fucking connection. Take a phone. It's very strange. Take a phone that has no internet capabilities. Uh, It only makes phone calls and can take pictures. I still think that's bad. I think that's worse than a cell phone or than a flip phone. Why? Remember back when uh, we had like disposable cameras? Oh, that was so fun. You had to, you took a picture when it mattered. Mm. And so those moments became truly cherished, cherished. moments. Yeah. And they were, and, and you would wait to get it developed, go to the store, get it developed, see how it turned out. But now everything is just like, oh, I could take a picture of that. And it's like, and and it cheapens it. It's flooding the the market. It's like creating uh, a, an inflation of value uh, that yeah. is driving down value. If it's always something, if you can always take a picture, well, who fucking looks at their pictures after they take a picture? That's um. But we used to sit down and go through photo albums because we were always experiencing the moment, and then we would remember that moment. Oh, remember that time? We'd have a story about it because, and now we're like at this point where, it's like. Who you go through, you know, if it comes up on your Facebook memories, you might take a fucking look and go, hey, remember this time, which I guess in a way is the same thing. But I still think it's not as exciting as like just taking that picture. I, I don't I, the connection is it's spoiling. We should be more in the moment. It's it's like people who go to concerts and just always have their phone up. Mm-hmm. It's like you're fucking I, I'm known to do that. Enjoy it. Yeah. I so when I go to uh, we go to uh, uh, one of my favorite places to go is my friend's uh, cabin in New Brunswick, and it's on a lake. It has no power. Uh, there's no like you're cut off from the grid. You, you have to get there by boat. It's, you're basically on an island, and it was built in the 1800s. And it's there's no cell phone service. There's Love nothing. That. And what I do when I go there is I take a picture. I take a picture, a couple pictures of the beach, a couple pictures of the house, a couple you pictures like of the people space. that I'm there with, yeah. and then I'm done with it for the rest yeah. of the weekend. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm done with it for the rest of the weekend because now I, that's why I love that place is I'm present in the fucking moment. moment. I can sit there and I can be bewildered at nature. Nature really fucking excites me because it's so like... Eternal, like yeah. everything was there from the. Uh, when I get real fucking weird, like where I see a, when I see a, a, a rock face, like I go, I, I, I get like I've seen some shit. Yeah, no, like <laughs> wow, like like how long has this been here? What has it seen? Like yeah. like when you're out in a in in, I like to imagine like when we did this uh, canoe trip during through Keji, and uh, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you just out in a canoe and I, I, I was like this is always here mm. and it's been through how many crazy things have happened in this space snowstorms like i want to i want to experience every inch of the planet yeah. but i also want to experience it kind of like in the fourth dimension so i can see the entire history of it it baffles me mm. and and i get that when i'm in that appreciation when i'm in immersed in nature I'd never get that bewilderedness when I'm on a fucking technology of anything, of any sort. No, I mean, that's, it's truly, um, 
Apparently, there's now rehabs for people who are addicted to their phones. Like, you can go to rehab for it. It's like it's like a legit. There's like recovery programs for people who are. Oh, and there's all kinds of. People I that also die. think like I mean, just like influencers, the fact that like being an influencer is a job now. You, like that's someone's job to constantly be connected, constantly posting, and they can't turn off because it's their livelihood. Well, it's at, uh, what was her name? Charlie DeMaio says she fucking yeah. used to love dancing. She hates dancing now. She says, she says it's that be basically, I don't know if she, I only saw like a partial quote of that, but I imagine it's because now you've got to do it. Now it's, now it's contrived and superficial where you used to dance for yourself. Now you're dancing for everybody else yeah and if and that's a weird balance is like is like i had this conversation with my therapist it's like i don't i don't know if i would if i there's not much that i truly do for myself Mm. when i'm playing music when i'm learning how to play a new song i love to sing but i'm also thinking about when i'll get to perform this for somebody yeah the way he said it is like you can have both like you, you can, can enjoy it and also have it yeah be. but i'm always worried that i'm like am i just am i just doing this for val external validation later yeah i mean like that's how i feel about most of my hobbies too yeah right it's uh it's all like it's uh, it's it's very sad when when you go yeah what what have i done lately that is Purely me and no one else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, maybe I guess you could say when I'm like mindlessly scrolling TikTok, that I guess is for me. And that's what I'm doing for myself. But then I feel like a fucking idiot by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't feel, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, boy. We call we call Amish people crazy because they have neglected to go and like go with the technological advancements. And They're the least crazy people. And I think, like, well, I wouldn't say that. So no. it's definitely some fucking craziness yeah, yeah, yeah. because you got some all some but religion they, they don't attached have it all into wrong. it. They don't have it all wrong. I I think, like, so here's the question: Make a butter. Elon Musk wants to go to Mars and expand civilization because eventually we're going to have to, mm-hmm. and we're eventually, in order for the species to exist past the explosion of our sun, we have to become intergalactic at some point. So uh, you do that with the rocket ship. And that gets you to Mars, and then you colonize Mars, and you move out forward. Is Elon Musk right, or were the Native Americans right, who were just living with what was there around them right. and taking what they needed only? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's all kinds of people back during, uh, uh, you know, when, when the European contact happened, uh, people got abducted by natives, and the ones that they didn't kill that they kept in the in the tribe those people didn't want to go back to western civilization they wanted to stay within that different type of life and i truly believe that that's the life that i want but i'm fucking crushed i'm conditioned to care about all this horseshit that doesn't matter what's the horseshit uh, money money's not really can't eat it doesn't none of it matters uh uh love can eat money is is <laughs> Love is contrived. Love Ooh. is it's a thing that we're 
It's <gasps> superficial in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, uh, well, but real love. No, I mean, real love is what matters. Like real love, care for people. Yeah, we're not talking about like romantic love. Was, I think it was part of the part that we didn't get to. It was the Dunbar's number, the 150 people that you can care about. Like we shouldn't be living. In this massive uh, uh, conglomerate of people, we should be in small, small groups, small but groups. But it's still groups, groups. We, but small we aren't, groups, um, tribes. We should be. We, we're, we're tribal. Not, we're not actually we supposed be to in be. Tribes. We're actually not supposed to be totally alone. Yeah, we are supposed to be in pods or groups. Mm-hmm. People exactly. are supposed to have support systems, and this is why when the lockdown happened, people who lived alone all of a sudden didn't have that. The mental health toll that it took on people was huge because mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be. We're not yeah. supposed to go without touch, human touch. That's a being like I legit need to book a massage because, and it's not even a sexual thing. It's just like <laughs> fuck you. Oh my god, <laughs> you creep. I mean, I'm that maybe maybe masseuse. I'll go to one with a male and just see what happens. You, you know? might as well. Um, but Can like you do my it's front now. It's a real thing. Like when you're not feeling. I don't know. It's like skin hunger. It's fucking real. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, and I think that's again, that's why I like being out in the woods with my close friends uh, uh, who know me, who like I have so much love for the people in my life like like that I do my go camping with. They'll never watch this shit. But if they they know who they are, uh, we when we're out there, I don't know. We're just like it's just disconnected. It's everything that matter. Everything is real. Like the love is. It's not for anybody else. It's for ourselves. It's for me. It's like what I'm truly feeling, and it's not the, the. I don't know. I feel like it's, I'm superficial. No. A lot of people are 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 projecting or or they're trying to peacock their emotions mm-hmm. in the digital world. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and there's no peacocking with true love. There's no peacocking with true love. With true no. love, you've got your. It's present. Just what you're, feeling. you're present. You're present. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. Presence. Mm-hmm. You're not present if you're focused on posting the fucking thing to Instagram. You're figuring out what lighting looks best for this moment, and what filter can I put on it that makes it look the best. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I. I love hearing from couples that I never see a goddamn couples post from because I go, you must be the most in love because you're not showy. Yeah. You're not showy about it. Yeah. It's not constant. You're just, uh, I want to eventually be at a point where people don't hear from me because I'm so happy. God, I'd love that. I want to be at a, but now, (laughs) but if I were to not post on Instagram, people would think I died. Mm hmm. Yeah, truly. That's that's what people say. They say that would be the tip off that you were dead is if if I didn't see an Instagram story. So I'll say this. I quit social media for three months a couple years ago. It was really good. It was really great. It was very it, I, I missed. I missed being outraged. But I loved the ignorance of it. I loved not knowing what was going on. And then when you talk to a person, you find out, oh, yeah. I, oh wow, that's a thing. I like. Did you find it hard though? It's difficult, especially at the first start. I've fucking, I've hovered when, when my did you thumb quit? over. Uh, did you know me at that time? Maybe this was 20. 
I want to say it was 2018. Okay. Uh, maybe late 2017. Um, but it was in the summer and I was doing all the fucking fun, cool shit that you'd want to post about. And I just wasn't on it. I just wasn't doing it. But like, it. that's the goal though. Like, I mean, obviously you mentioned like going to the cottage, taking, taking the picture. So you have that kind of snapshot. But, you know, then you turn the phone off and you enjoy it. I mm-hmm. think that's a good way to live. You know, obviously take pictures, capture moments that you want to capture. But like. I want. Yeah. The connection. Here's. I want. I need someone hired. To. To. Connect me to the world. I don't want to be connected. You want to a publicist? I want a publicist. I want to do. What I would love to do. If I can talk about a dream job. Would be a, something like a travel show. Uh. But I don't want I don't want to be producing it. I want someone with a camera to follow me around, to do the editing, to do all the other shit. Yeah. I just want to fucking go out there and see the world. But I mean, how the fuck do you hmm. how do you pitch that? If you want to do anything in showbiz, you gotta have some sort of presence. I mean that's a Well, they a, can take care of the of, presence. A lot of people don't though. There's a lot of like celebrities and stuff that aren't doing that well it's hard to it's Um, hard to do that right now because we can't it's hard to make that comparison because the experiment hasn't been run long enough a lot of the celebrities that aren't doing that stuff that aren't as connected they already are solidified where they are exactly they've established yeah something like that's why i hate when people say there's no such thing as cancel culture because look dave Chappelle has a special and everyone loves him it's like yeah uh that's because he's uncancelable because he's already had cultivated an audience. Yeah, but if yeah, Dave yeah, yeah. Chappelle was doing the exact same material as a fucking open micer, the exact yeah. same material with all the poignancy and 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 thought and well crafted jokes that he has, good fucking luck, bud. You'd have a hard ass time. You have to go independent in a lot of ways and hope that your shit reaches an audience that will that will find you because I mean he he did get canceled. This George Floyd documentary was fucking, it got dropped from mm-hmm. all the film festivals that had already accepted it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell me he didn't get canceled? Yeah. Just because Netflix didn't do it too? It's like, there's probably, there's levels. There's people I know who are huge Dave Chappelle fans who, who, who I know loved his latest special. They will not comment. They have not publicly, they would usually pu- make a post about it and saying, hey, I love this this latest special and they didn't because they didn't want to have they didn't want to lose the fucking job they Mm -hmm. were they were afraid there's a big thing where the emperor has no clothes and we're all just acting like uh like we don't see shit for what it really is like okay here's a good one tim houston Mm -hmm. oh the jobs thing yeah he said he said people want real jobs what do you mean real jobs? We all know what you mean by real jobs. Well, you're saying that somebody that works at McDonald's isn't isn't a real job? No, that's a real job. That is and they probably work harder than the people with the quote real jobs because you got to be there on time, you got to fucking bust your ass, you're lifting crates, you're flipping burgers, you're in a hot room. It sucks. It sucks and it's constant. It's a shitty job. It's a real job. But does anybody aspire to it? 
that's mostly what numb. he means by mostly real numb. jobs. And we yeah. all knew what yeah. he meant by real jobs. I think a lot of people but, did, but but we but have to be political. We've got to fucking take yeah. a political angle, and we got to find a way to contort that to mean, oh, what are you saying? This it's like yeah. we all know he wasn't saying that. Oh, this is just the the culture that we're in right now, though. But I fucking hate it's, it. Why? It's and, and and everyone's so afraid sensitive. to speak out against it because we know that if you say then if you speak marked, against it, then hey, yeah. right. You'll be marked with something. It's yeah. like COVID yeah. guidelines and shit like that. Like yeah. some of the stuff's ridiculous. And there's certain things that are just like, uh, uh, not all, everybody that doesn't, that has like a question about COVID is immediately painted as a yeah, conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And, uh, uh, there are all there's no shortage of dumb fucking reasons and backwards logic to people that don't uh uh, uh believe in covid you know there's 5g conspiracy it's a fucking government's trying to put you in concentration camps there's all that horse shit yeah but then there's legitimate grievances and questions and concerns that people have they may still be wrong but they do have a legitimate concern mm-hmm. and we don't, we're not allowed to admit that. Mm-hmm. We had to go, oh, no, you're a fucking asshole. It's everything's Block. so polarized and I hate so, it. I so hate quick it. And because the conversation that we had, our little fight before the show, yeah, in the real world, we don't get past that. Because after we start to, after you go and hear, oh, you think this? Well, block and delete. Well, you're just an X. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're an X. You're just an X. I know you. Uh, you're just one of those. And then I'm going to dismiss you. And then how do we get to fucking world peace if we can't even fucking talk to each other? Mm. How do you do that? Who fucking knows? I mean, it is. Technology makes it really easy to just block out what's uncomfortable. Mm hmm. I've, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and I think you should do, I think boundaries are, are very, very important. And obviously if someone's causing you more stress than good on socials, I don't see a problem in removing oh, people, blocking them. I've blocked limiting. a couple people, but I'm a few. huge fan of the mute button because the mute button isn't saying we're done here. It's saying, I just want to see you for a bit. Like, yeah. like, you know, like, like I, 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 um, I mute a lot because I just know how I am and I know that my addiction is very real. Mm-hmm. So that's what I need to do sometimes is mute. I'm not going to unfollow yeah, or block everyone, but muting just so you don't see it all the time. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's a great feature. I try, I've got all kinds of people that I think have fucking stupid ass opinions on things that are all over my Facebook that I'm friends with and that I don't, I don't like, I don't write them off as a piece of shit Mm. or a total fucking jackass. I may think they have a total jackass perspective on a certain thing, but that's just one thing. Mm. There's, there's common ground somewhere. There's common ground with it. Everybody has some kind of common ground. And I Mm. think that we're at this point where we can block and we can only show our good side and then we can we can uh, essentially put on this facade that we're all good fucking people when, you know, yeah. my son is a vegetarian uh, by his own accord. And one time he he had a he was just talking about how basically it was really terrible that people eat meat. And he said it in like a, uh, 
with an air of disdain and yeah. disgust and dismissiveness in his voice. And I said, look, buddy, I was like, you may be right, but but the people, you, you are only right because you were in the fortunate circumstances in your life that led you to have this, to be right. And not everyone's born into those circumstances. So let's say that we'll just say objectively, we'll, and this is just a hypothetical, objectively uh, shouldn't eat animals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll just say that objectively mm-hmm. and that it's, it's, and it's, and it's morally like reprehensible to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Objectively, hypothetically, um, a cattle farmer who was raised every day to look at animals as a commodity, uh, shouldn't like they were raised in that circumstance. How are they supposed to know that, it's wrong when they were taught it was right their entire lives. So you can't have disdain for that person. You need to have empathy and then you got to try to work and do the, you got to yeah. put in the fucking work to change their I mean, mind. That's like when old people are kind of racist. Mm-hmm. They didn't know better. Or homoph- like old people might not be, you know, <laughs> they might be a bit homophobic, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, that's what they were exposed to when exactly. they were younger. Yeah. Like, like, are they, Act, like like are they actively malicious okay mm-hmm. well let's have a fucking conversation mm-hmm. um there's like, things we probably find like it's really just like adjusting to the way the world's changing and everyone grows up a certain way mm-hmm. we need to have empathy for the for the oppressor because that's the only way you can change them is if you yeah. understand how it is that they got there that's not excusing them. No. But it's understanding. It's understanding. Where they where the why they are the way they are. Yeah, and I think I've brought this up on every fucking episode that we've done is is Daryl Davis, the black guy that converted over two hundred KKK yeah. members. Like he didn't he did it by befriending them. People who actively wanted him out of the country, they they would want him dead. Some of them have killed some of them were like grand dragons that had killed like lynched people. And he converted them away from the ideology. Now, he could have just ignored them and said, fuck you, you're a piece of shit, and then tried to keep them in an OCAS, and then what would happen? They would have never had the opportunity to gain new perspective. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at the exponential benefits of that. That's one racist asshole ideology who's not raising racist asshole kids who are going out there and negatively impacting the rest of the world. Like it's so, and then, and the family, maybe they talk to somebody and they convert them away from the ideology. And then it, 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 positivity grows exponentially if you put it out that way, but it, and negativity grows exponentially as well. And I think that's kind of where we're at with the fucking social media thing is that negativity is what gets clicks. Like this, you listen to that fucking Rogan podcast with with the, with the social dilemma guy Mm -hmm. talking about how in a comment section, they will put yeah. the most the the, the most uh, inflammatory comments that are so because you're gonna look now you're gonna yeah. go and, what's going on in here look, getting, at, this, look at this fight when most of it's it. positive they're get, yeah yeah they're yeah but you're yeah. but the negativity and so like now we've got this exponential growth of negativity and it's making everybody fucking miserable because everyone's so polarized and everybody is you know. Uh, they're just hitching. well we're, all, we're also just so conditioned to look at the comments rather than just look at something and not 
Yeah, it's very interesting that just like how bad the fucking like button is. <laughs> like the oh. like and share is like when all the stuff started to really get go downhill with social media was when they introduced the like and share button. Oh, like you mean people sharing things mm-hmm. and then showing what they support kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And like and just like liking a comment because now you were going and posting it for the like. <laughs> And so we're all just trying to like store up social credit. Hope everybody knows that I'm a good person. Hope they never find these fucking skeletons. And uh, uh, I think we need to be more honest about the skeletons. Yeah, that's fair. Just start podcasts, talk about them. Well, that's what I like about comedies because I, you know, I do the self-deprecating. I like to talk about the bad shit that goes on in my head because we all fucking have those crazy, stupid, horrible thoughts. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah. It, oh, well, that that goes nicely into this next segment, which I feel like you already did a rant. Mm-hmm. You, you must have another rant. The rant segment, which is like, I think I do think that people bond over what we don't like, <laughs> which is kind of embracing negativity in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you have a rant? Do you have another rant? I need to rant. Other than social media, stuff like that. Anything that's bugging you right now about people, the world? It's just how everything's contrived and superficial. I fucking hate it. I mean, it's basically, it's ultimately what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah that, that recently, what I had posted was stop saying. Oh, yeah. What's this? Let's run about that. What the fuck was it? Stop, stop saying. saying um, he, what, what, not hear me out. Uh, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Because it always happens after the most simplistic, no one's saying anything particularly deep. They're always saying some dumb, dumb opinion and then let that sink in. One more time for the people at the back. It's usually misinformed. It's usually just. You know what? My, my worst one that I hate. Read oh, that my, again. This boils my blood. What's this? I don't know who needs to hear this, oh, but shut up. you know exactly who needs to hear this. Otherwise, you would not be posting it. Stop saying, I don't know who needs to hear this, but, and then go on this on your soapbox. It's so fucking, fucking narcissistic. It kills me. Yeah. And TikTok is really bad for it uh. because everyone's on a soapbox on TikTok and, and they'll just put an inspirational song over like their, their, their rant or their whatever they're saying to make themselves seem so fucking knowledgeable. And yeah. And it's, I don't know who needs to hear this, but, uh, stop doing this. It's just like, why is that first sentence necessary? If you, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you can encapsulate your entire perspective in 140 fucking characters, your, yours is that of a jackass's perspective. Like you're just dumb. You're just a dumb person. Yeah. Like, things are complex. They're but that's very why, nuanced. That's why I hate when podcast clips get leaked or comedians go on shows like podcasts like a long time ago and like have long conversation and then people find one sentence out of that conversation. Like Shane Gillis. Yeah. 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 Perfect example. Like, um, and there's no context. This is like always a theme with you and I. No, context. No, no. Context is everything. Um, yeah. I hate that. I don't know who needs to hear this, but 
Let that sink in. What other ones are annoying? Uh, one more time for the people in the back. Uh, oh, here's another read one. Read that again. And listen, I know that there's some people I love who say this. I still love you. But please stop saying thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Mm, you guys. After you say something simple. Uh, it's always stupid. It's always fucking after something dumb as shit has been said. I don't like it when I go to McDonald's and the ice cream machine is broken. Oh, and this Thank hits, you for coming to my TED Talk. This hits different. Shut the fuck up with your this hits different. All that means is it makes you sad or it gives you nostalgia. That's what hits different means. Mm -hmm. Shut the fuck up. Stop. It's, that's what I mean. It's all... The world is fucking aesthetics and I can't stand it anymore because there's no substance. There's no there's no there's no mm -hmm. real quality in anything because we're all just doing it for the aesthetic. Like like there's no Instagram's ruined things. Mm -hmm. Instagram has ruined. I can't imagine. I just and this is like another thing, too. It's like uh, couples who post on Instagram with like couple pictures does anyone naturally take a picture of someone from behind? <laughs> no. You 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 posted it for Lauren, and you you, you and it's good because you were self aware about it. You said I took this this white girl Instagram picture for you of her looking out at a sunset or something. And I did that because it would make her happy. But that's but that's funny. It was a cozy and it's picture. great. And it's great. And it's a, was it a great picture. Mm -hmm. But no one naturally does that. Now she was naturally standing. She didn't pose for that picture. No, but I that, took that's that picture, even better. That's, but I framed and that's, it, and she didn't. Yeah. So, but like to think that someone just naturally takes a picture of you as you're looking. No, you have to go. Hey, can you grab a picture of me mm -hmm. in front of the sky? And I'm gonna act like I'm not even. Aware. I'm gonna act like I like I I I would rather pose for a picture than do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then have the the now i love a candid i like candid. i don't have see and this but is but i love a natural candid i don't want to fucking set up candid and i hate the fact that all these <sighs> candids are set up yeah and it's they're like, not actually candid stop just be real i fucking here's a rant tiktok okay uh, yeah. uh uh waifu chicks you know what those are no uh the girls that are doing cosplay and shit like that oh okay uh, i'm not th on that they're side always TikTok. doing oh god it's fucking it plagues me it's it they they do uh, either lip sync mm -hmm. or lip sync. What's worse is fucking lip syncing movie quotes or TV show quotes. I've done but a couple of them. All these girls, <laughs> they 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 talk with their mouth to the side of their face, and and they move like this. And people look at this. Look I have at TikTok. no idea what no, that no, is. You, you, you might not Holy have noticed shit. it. Watch. And watch most mainstream, like well-known TikTokers. You will see that they lean in a lot like this, and they open their eyes, and they they're very expressive with this fucking movement, and it is engaging, but it fucking gives what me the cancer. Fuck is this? Uh, Christ, I, I need to pull it up because I'm very confused. Uh, uh, Let me uh, see. Let's see if I can find one TikTok. Yeah. What's the well, I don't know any of the names. I just see it on the Instagram. I don't have TikTok. I just see the TikTok things from Instagram. Fuck. And it's it's so painful. It hurts me. What did you call them just uh, now? Uh, I call them waifus. <laughs> well, okay. Charlie DeMille will do it when she does a dance and she'll like 
she'll like her her face will come up and she'll be like do like a little smile and a wink and it's just like it's just so it's so cringy mm. and contrived and and I don't I don't fault the people because I mean it's getting them the views <sighs> there is quality on TikTok yeah um is there though but it's 10% of it I don't like trends. I do not like. Okay, so there's one. It was like when I walk in on my girl in the shower and then they go, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. Then they close the door and then they put their phone up under the yeah, yeah. under the thing. And they're like, oh, I'm recording her in the shower. And then and then there's 10,000s of of people doing the same fucking joke. It's like, why are it's you doing it? It's a it's, trend. It's, it's, that's what it's called. Yeah, they stop. Yeah. Stop with the tra- that person did the joke. What are you doing the joke for? Or like lip syncing stand up bits? Yeah, I did that for Kathleen McGee. It was one of the first TikToks I posted. I, I lip synced one of her jokes. Yeah, you, yeah. So now I'm in recovery. Ah. I'm going through chemotherapy because of because the cringe gave me terminal illness. But, uh, there's good TikToks out there. I I actually I most of my TikTok is animal rescue and like. <laughs> and I've never seen an animal rescue people thing. people who foster feral cats and like are trying to like tame them to be adopted. I watch a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. They make me fucking ball. Uh there's also like there's a lot of oh my gosh, when I had my um ADHD assessment at the end of the call, I was just out of curiosity asking. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so like are like is there like a lot of people who think they have ADHD? And she's like and she's like Oh, you mean do they come from TikTok? Yeah, they do. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so funny because TikTok is now like like there's a lot of mental health stuff on TikTok like here are the signs of ADHD and the symptoms and like like here's how how um prevalent it is in people and people don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's actually leading so many people to like try to get diagnosed. So she's gotten actually an influx of people from TikTok. How much TikTok. of it is ADHD and how much of it is uh, the way TikTok, I mean, TikTok breeds ADHD. Yeah. TikTok is ADHD, the app. Yeah, absolutely. As is Facebook, as is Instagram. So these, 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 these TikToks that are targeted to ADHD people really, it hits differently, mm, Scott. Shut up. Um, um, so you got your ADHD assessment. Yeah. And turns out you have ADHD. And generalized anxiety disorder. So what's the next step? You're getting medicated? Yeah. That's and the plan. At when does that start? I gotta get an appointment with the doctor. Make sure it's like all good for me to go on it. And then um I mean, she recommended a fuck ton of stuff. I got the report back and I was like, whoa. Like, like the end of the call was like yeah, so I'm going to recommend this medication for this reason, which was essentially because I have anxiety with ADHD. She didn't want to give me anything that would cause anxiety because mm-hmm. I already have that. Mm-hmm. So she gave me an antidepressant that treats anxiety but helps with things like motivation and focus. But it's the ADHD what's causing the anxiety. Isn't it the ADHD that causes the anxiety? Yes. So, But stimulants, if she were to give me a stimulant, it would make me more anxious. And I'm already anxious. Are you? That's what I was also shocked about though, Scott. Cause like I went in and I, and I was answering all the questions, honestly. Um, and I, I told her, I was like, I've always thought that I was more 
depressed and anxious. But I am someone who is constantly stressed and overwhelmed and uptight. And that's anxiety, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I'm an anxious motherfucker too. But I, I believe also I have worry, ADHD I'm as well. Constantly worrying. Mm-hmm. So that that's why she gave me generalized anxiety disorder. Um, because yeah, it's an ability to relax, an ability to let go of things, constantly worrying. I mean, I I'm I'm a catastrophic thinker. You. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the thing. I was shocked. You didn't I, need to go to a doctor. But like, like whenever I could have told you all. Of whenever things. I think of anxiety, I I've never thought of that as a concerning part of my life. Mm-hmm. But I also always go to doctors, and I'm always very honest with them about the depression stuff. Mm-hmm. And because my depressive episodes don't last weeks, mm-hmm. it's not actually depression. I think uh, it's it's like a bad two days. I think you'd stand to go, and this is tough, right? I think I think everybody, I think myself included. I mean, I have benefited from it, but therapy. If I yeah. mean, therapy's got to be subsidized. It's got to be more. It's got to get so. Th- yeah, this place. But there's so many shitty therapists too. There's so many fucking idiots. That and that's the thing. Therapy. If you get free therapy and you're taking it because it's free, it still might not be the, the therapy for you. Yeah. I know I know a lot of... I, I have some friends that are therapists, and I know some of them that are just not critical thinkers. Like, I've, he- I've heard some real dumb things come from these people, and I'm like, wow, you're going to be in control? You're going to be the one gui- giving guidance? Like, that's scary. Yeah. I, I was so lucky that my therapist just shut the fuck up and listened and then would just ask basic questions like he wouldn't he never told me what to do he would say like he would see that i was expressing frustration and and then i he'd say like he'd say wow that's must be really frustrating and then i would go yeah it is actually and then i'd go and then i'd start on my next thing i'd start to go through it and that's what the purpose is is they have to guide Mm. you through your own shit but some therapists will direct you they will hit you with uh 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 you should do this or or they'll give an answer and i truly believe you should they should be they should be guiding you towards the answer but yes. you got to get there yourself. It can't be someone else telling you. I don't think it's, um, I mean, shoulds, you should, should. Um, I don't love that. But I, I do think that they should be asking questions that make you, that, yeah, yeah, you're right. They should be probing you to to get there yourself. And but that is ultimately also, what they're supposed to do. But I've heard of people that have gone to therapists that have had therapists tell them, uh, 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 suggest... <laughs> That this may be how you're feeling, when what you should, what they should be doing is responding to that. Like that must be, that must have been very difficult. Instead of saying, "Well, it's um, validation." Yeah, for sure. Like when I was in the the assessment, uh, I was shocked how emotional it was, just because she was validating all of these struggles. Like I made a list of, I had notes for days about how I think this. Um, disorder has impacted my life and just to hear her say I am so sorry that happened to you that must have been really hard mm-hmm. it was shocking just hearing those words Yeah, because she wasn't going 
well, this is because of this, or, well, you did this, so that's, what, like, you know, you know, it was just literally, like, listening and validation of, like, yes, those things happen, and it must have been hard, and you're you're here getting help for it now. You and know then, what I mean? And like, then you can work through it, because then when you they say it must have been hard, you then go, yeah, it was really hard, and then you talk more about why it was hard. And then all of a sudden you're you just answering your, the questions. You therapize you're, yourself. You're, yeah, the, the thing is because when you – and I said this to my therapist. I was like, I've had this conversation with myself a thousand times. Mm -hmm. Why is it working when I talk to you? Mm. And he said because when you're in your head, you're going, well, maybe it's this. Well, maybe it's that. Well, maybe it's this. Well, maybe it's that. But when you say it out loud to an unbiased party, somebody who has no impact on your life, you don't have to filter your thoughts to this person because in your life, they have no real weight to what will like they don't you know you're gonna if, if, if you're talking to your mom about your problems you're not going to be able to talk about you're gonna have a hard time talking to your mom about the problems that your mom caused, caused. Is, is part yeah of. There's, exactly. bi there's there's bias and, and when you say it out loud yeah. to a unbiased third party yeah uh you are taking responsibility you're taking ownership over that belief yeah uh and you may go and flip-flop back and forth but eventually you're going to you're you're essentially figure working it out loud for some reason. Oh yeah, uh, I I yeah I truly I would have five therapists if I could afford them. Like I, it's I see the value so hard in therapy. It's sad that it's not something that's uh, more accessible. I mean, or it even, should be more. It should be completely included in into a universal healthcare because it's yeah, it's absolutely. beneficial to everyone yeah and it's preventative it's proactive uh uh it it stops problems before they occur yeah because if you're someone that needs therapy and you don't have therapy you may take yourself down a fucking whirlwind of 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 horrible shit yeah that is going to be visited upon you when if you went to a therapist and you just fucking talked it out you may have figured out why you were feeling that anger and then you may be able to let go of it do instead of acting upon do you it. think people can be their own therapist no yeah no, no, because again, you never. You can be. You can. You can be. You can read books. You can be self-aware. Like I'm reading Attached right now, which is all about attachment styles. Hmm. Which Jesus, is what does that? What does that matter? Well, it's... you read all this hokey shit. What does it matter what your attachment style is? Well, if you know you're an anxious person mm -hmm. and you're involved with an avoidant person you will understand why so like usually that person might do things that would make you spiral or like make you freak out but if you know how someone attaches you can understand it better and it's just it's just better who wants who is good for an avoidant person um that avoidant person. I mean, secure, securely attached people are good for everybody, but I guess with avoidant. What securely attached mean? Like, you're just good. You're good all the time. You understand things. Mm -hmm. You nothing's like a like you don't take things personal. So I don't know how you write. You don't a book freak about out when this. someone leaves you. You're securing yourself. So like, if 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 there was if someone were to leave you alone, you wouldn't freak. Like anxious people. When we're left, when we feel like someone's leaving us, we f we freak out more. We're like, no, come back, come back. No, 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 come back. That's, that's anxious. Avoidant. avoidant is I need to walk away. I need to avoid you. 
like because how like how avoidant people deal with things is through space and like privacy and on their own they don't they're not constantly where where's but where's the practicality of this um it's just understanding relationships right it's just understanding like okay i'll use, I'll use this overthink here's shit. here's this example this and is now the example you're gonna I be use. going out there and you're gonna be going is this guy avoidant no you're seeing fucking signs but, where but it's okay they that there. they're avoidant if you understand what avoidant is it's not it shouldn't be stigmatized that someone's avoidant i'll use this example texting with a guy so like if you have a friend who's texting with a guy and the guy isn't writing them back and that person just keeps freaking out over not having this person write back to them. Mm -hmm. That's an avoidant person. It's nothing against you. It's just how they are. Yeah, but why are you spending? Why are you spending time trying to get in contact with this person that's texting you back? Fuck that person. They're not interested. Isn't that self evident? Yeah, I don't need a fucking book to tell me the person that's not responding to me doesn't give a shit. Uh, and that I I'm probably oh, hold on. Who is who also is, fights? It comes in handy with fights. So like when you fight with Lauren, mm -hmm. what what normally happens? Does someone does someone need space? Does someone um, what's the what's the dynamic? That's usually how I think attachment styles come out in arguments. Well, uh, I don't I don't really know. So you, if you're in a fight, you run away from it. No. I mean, we don't fight that much, but when we do, I, I look, fights happen because but of But say a past relationship. Have you ever had a situation where you both dealt with the fight differently? Or uh, the disagreement in a different way? Well, yeah. Like, like anxious attachment would be, I want to solve this right now. Don't leave me. Like, okay. Avoidant would be the type of person who, like what I did in our fight, where I went, you we're not doing this right it. now. That's mm -hmm. like dismissive avoidant. That's like, I, not right now. But, but you were, if you understand. You were objectively wrong because that is shutting down the line of communication. And the only way to get past anything is to go through the communication. Yeah, that's why avoidant people are can be not great. But what I don't need to know that that person's an avoidant personality style because I'm going to figure that out once I find the person. Yeah, like uh, uh, it might just be that my, my issue just, is that you may consider just, somebody avoidant when actually uh, so it's many just people in my life are one, avoidant. But it might it's just fine. be that one uncomfortable thing. But that's the thing. Like not be that understanding how people are and why they're doing the things that they're doing makes it less you're less likely to be a victim the yeah. more you understand these things well it's just yeah i mean that's really what it is you're empathy. not going is empathy yes and i think i think understanding attachment styles can help with that is it necessary no but like most self-help books aren't um but like it is it's just an interesting um, my self-help books that are good are practical so, like, what can you actually implement? Like, like, what is the proper way to think of things? Mm -hmm. Which is essentially... Four Agreements is one that I love, which is, like, four simple kind of statements that are make life... It's don't take things personally. Um, don't make assumptions. 
<laughs> even though it's a segment on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, don't say that. Um, oh, fuck. Be impeccable with your word. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't like that one? I don't know what that means. I think it's a little cheesy. Mean what you say. Okay. Speak your truth. Yeah. Okay, I'm cool with that. Uh, and oh, what's the fourth one? Don't take don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. Uh, be impeccable with your word. Oh, and always try your best. Um, I I I think that those are four great. I don't want to say rules. That's a weird way to say it. I'm Sayings big, to live by. I'm a big fan. And I mean, everyone will be like, roll their eyes and this is another thing, but I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson and 12 Rules for Life. And I think the reason why everyone hates Jordan Peterson. What are the 12 rules? Uh, the reason why everyone hates Jordan Peterson is because he is giving you the truth to, he's making, he's forcing you to take responsibility and everyone says, don't compare trauma. It's like, no, uh, you can compare I trauma. I 12 rules. So the first rule and some of this stuff is like he, he has to delve into, but uh, rule number one, stand up straight with your shoulders back. Mm-hmm. You guys told me that last night. Well, the purpose is it's you're, yes. you're, you're taking on, uh, you're, you're putting yourself in a, in a stance that you're ready to take on the world. Yep. That's confidence. Exactly. I agree with um, that. Um, I'm treat, bad at it. Treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Yeah. Ooh, that's a big one. Uh, befriend people who want the best for you. Yes. Uh, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, yeah. not to who someone else is today, oh. because you are the only person that has ever had that has had the same circumstances. Yeah. Nobody else in the world has had your circumstances. So it's incremental self improvement that leads to exponential improvement. Is these Great. small steps. That's why he says make your bed. Because it's nothing to be excited about. It's nothing to brag about the fact that you made your bed. But if you can manage to make your bed and you can be disciplined, well, hey, maybe you can manage to uh, clean your room up a bit. Yeah. Maybe you can get the shit off the top of your dresser. Baby and steps. now, oh, you got your stuff off the top of your dresser. You stop putting things there. You start putting things away and not just, just chucking everything on the top or whatever. You start putting the garbage away instead of let it piling up. Now you got your room clean. You're being a percentage better than the day before. And and that's all yeah. it is. And, yeah. it, and then once you start that way, like eventually you get to a point where you are making huge differences. And that's why I'm a big believer in working out is because yeah. you – you put the challenge in front of you and you have to discipline yourself through it. So that's, that's, uh, that's so set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Oh, so it's like, don't go telling other people how they got to live their life. If your life is in shambles, you should work on yourself first. Yes. I love that. Uh, pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Um, and I mean, I, I I like Amazon prime. (laughs) What do you mean? I like getting things fast. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean that's not so much there. Pursue what's meaningful to you, not not what is easy and self-serving. Essentially. Oh, okay. Um, um, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Mm. And that is you, like you got to be, be impactful. Similar to be, be impactful with your word. But like, yeah, maybe don't, uh, yeah. 
Well, don't, if you just tell don't the say truth, things. you don't have to worry about a lie causing you anxiety. Yeah, Nikki Glaser was talking about how um, there's no reason to ever lie, ever. Mm-hmm. Unless it's to save someone's life or something. Yeah. Like, like otherwise, it's totally pointless. This next rule is very tough, uh, especially when you're dealing with someone that's like on the opposite end of the spectrum as you are. Uh-oh. Um, um, like politically or like ideologically is assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. Yeah. So, but no, no, no. We're, we just spent a fucking hour talking about how dismissive people are online, especially how you can just block Wait, say, say it again. Assume the person you are listening to might know something you don't. If I am a person that comes up and says, uh, I think we should have stricter immigration laws, uh, there's a lot of people that are out there who would oh, say who would just you're a bigot rather than saying tell me more yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's the power of conversation yeah it's just assume that that person might actually know know something that you don't know that you might actually That's, be able to get value from them and it's tough to do that especially when you've well if you're a curious person you should be wondering anyway oh it, uh, that one i find is the rule that a lot of people especially oh, well, in that- online discourse do not fucking follow whatsoever that's a hard one uh be precise in your speech that's very difficult yeah i i think um podcasting has helped me with that because it involves active listening Mm -hmm. and also you want to keep that podcast i mean it's hard in a long-form podcast but like you do need to keep it tight so your words need to mean things yeah you shouldn't ramble yeah, I mean, it's but basically also, it's trying to keep yourself from being misinterpreted, too. But it's also like, stand-up helps with that, too, because everything, the fat. E- every joke we say has to have word economy, and mm-hmm. and uh, can't like, sh- we shouldn't be misleading people with words. Yeah, and being precise, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's essentially, it's the best way to articulate yourself is to do it precisely. Yeah. Um. Don't bother children when they're skateboarding. Now, yeah. that is something I can't remember exactly. I, I haven't read the book. Um, I've heard him talk about it a lot. I have the book in my house, just haven't finished it. Um, don't bother children while they are skateboarding is something about like allowing uh, kids to have fun, fuck up, and 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 yeah, and let and, them let the, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, like it's keeping you away from the Oedipal mother, the person that protects you from the rest of the world. The helicopter, my understanding. helicopter yeah, parents, exactly. Like, yeah, let them. Be I'm alone. glad I grew up in a childhood that let me run around the woods, and like yeah. the only thing I had to do was be back for dinner. You know what I mean? Like it was like go go have fun. Well, because you're 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 you have to deal with real world damage control and shit. Like it's like. You well, gotta, you gotta, if you, if we call the, people the too Oedipal much. mother is the mother that protects the child from all the adversity in the world and all the dangers. And then when the Oedipal mother, when that child goes out into the world, they're ill-equipped to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they Absolutely. face adversity, they do not have the That's the why coddling is dangerous. That's why trigger warnings are horse shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, you gotta, you yeah. gotta you got to get the fuck did you, you got to deal with it i don't know if you saw this on rogan either i, I listened to a lot of rogan uh and you're ashamed and, and you feel like embarrassed or like, like i'm you not had to, overly embarrassed i do a, feel i have to pre- preface it by saying that like 
I don't necessarily like him. I like the conversations he has. Yeah, but um, he's a lot of people are closeted. See, even that, I think that's like like you're half in the closet, and it's like, yeah, I, I like. And you know what? You know what I like most about Rogan, like. I just like there's always a podcast to listen to. That's my thing. I like that he and I like that he has on scientists and then comedians. You know, like it's like you he has could be, a diverse group of yes. people that he talks and to. And I find the subjects interesting. And one of the things that, they, that when they were talking about this kind of sensitive like culture that we're in now, they sh- uh, played this video that was like um, essentially I don't know if it was like a press conference or like some sort of public speaking event where. Um, Someone spoke up and said, like, can you guys keep the chatter to a minimum? Because, like, I have ADHD. I get easily distracted. I have issues with attention. And I want you to be sensitive to, like, my attention deficit. So, like, can you guys be quiet? And then instantly someone else spoke up and said, can you stop using gendered language? Because they said you guys. (laughs) So it was the perfect example of, like, number one, somebody refusing to be uncomfortable. And number two another person speaking up with like stop uh, using gender language no, that's just that's just power that's just a narcissist it was just such a to, crazy video to, it's such all. an example of like where we're at right now yeah it's uh it's it's real gross it makes me uncomfortable but yeah Ro- uh, the you closeted guys. closeted uh rogan fans i mean here's the thing i hate when people are like i don't agree with everything he says well, who do you know in this but, whole fucking world that you agree with everything they say. Like, you don't feel anything to say it. I think Rogan says all kinds of dumb things. I mean, he I fucking listened to the first podcast with him and Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I was yelling because he was fucking talking to uh, 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 an astrophysicist. He could ask him all these amazing questions, and he couldn't get off the fucking moon landing being a hoax. <laughs> and Neil deGrasse Tyson said it like, 30 times in a million different ways about why it is so unlikely that it was a hoax. And he just kept pushing. And I was yeah. like, man. No, I but know. I He's still listen to sometimes. the next episode. Yeah. Because, yeah, okay, he was... He was he He's having his, very his, interesting his conversations. about veganism and shit like that. Like, I've heard him have some really dumb ideas that are, like, primitive thoughts about that. But I've also heard... COVID stuff, too. Some of the COVID shit. Some of the COVID shit's really... I think it's dumb and I think it's a little like conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And then some of the COVID stuff that he has is like, yeah, you know what? That's but a pretty most good people fucking who point. Don't, it, most people, anyone who like is such a hater of him has never listened to him. They never listened to him. Everybody that says that he's ignorant, everyone says that he's a phobic of something. They're all fucking dumbasses. You're a fucking douche. Like, if you think you, that uh, Rogan is this ignoramus, he has, Everybody from every perspective and every walk of yeah. life on he has his people who are podcast. different from him. Exactly. Um, and he's a master. Yeah, Bernie Sanders and Ben Shapiro. Like he's he's had yeah. he's had fucking uh, yeah. uh, uh, Steve, uh, uh, what, not Stephen Crowder, but uh, Gavin McInnes. Yeah. And he's had Daryl Davis and, and like Snoop Dogg. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and and then and then you know the fucking what's his name the the CNN guy that was on there recently. Um and and then he's had oh yeah he just has people from all political perspectives and all and all ideological perspectives onto his show and he has real conversations with them yeah I I I can't like as someone who's in podcasting and wants to do it for a career there's no way I can't respect the guy for like what he does and uh and just the conversations he has and 
Look, I, I if, like it. If, I'm sorry. I'm the sorry, people guys. that write Rogan off as a ignoramus or whatever, it's like you're just you're a fucking dumbass. Yeah. You're an ignoramus. You're a dismissal, dismissive person. You're avoidant. Uh, You'd go on, Rogan. I'd go on. Yeah, for sure. Why not? Why the hell would I? Yeah. It'd be it'd be great. Yeah. I, I'd have no problem. I go I go on. I want to talk to everybody. Yeah. I really do want to. That's I, him like, though too. I he wants to talk to everybody. I want to have a fucking civil conversation with all <laughs> perspectives because at least if we don't agree, we can at least show that we can respectfully disagree. For sure. And 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 yeah, I don't know. Do we get through the twelve? The the twelfth is pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. And that is just a call to Empathy. essentially appreciate the little things. Hmm. Uh, uh, it's like stop and smell the roses kind of thing. Is my understanding. Again, I haven't read the book full through yet. I've heard him talk about it a lot. Some of those last rules are the ones that I haven't heard the most of. But treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping is huge. Um, uh, and compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to someone else's today. And that is the number one most important rule in my in my opinion because a lot of people suffer through social media comparing themselves to everybody else and it's like oh look that guy has that and it's like man you don't know what it was that that caused that person to get there you don't know like like you see a guy who i mean we have a mutual friend uh who has been through a world of shit. Yes. And they have come out on top. In yeah. A way. And I truly, I'm, I gotta say in regards to that person, totally misjudged her. Like yeah. I, I didn't know her story. Thought they came from a very weird, uh, uh, like, like nice, happy go lucky fucking, like that. She, I don't even know what I thought. A person but that I had no idea. that much positivity, you would not expect to come from such a, an, uh, a difficult upbringing. It's just an iceberg. Yeah. And I admire that person so much yeah. because they have been faced with, they are a true victim. Yes. And they refuse to be one. And, and isn't that nice to see? It's beautiful. It's the best thing. It's, I mean, I, it's, and the resilience of, of, of how humans, humans can be resilient. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't, that's why, but, that's why I say compare trauma. Yeah. Compare it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because when people say don't compare trauma, what they're saying is, do not have appreciation or gratitude. That's what you're saying. Pretty much. You should look and go, hey, man, at least I'm not living on the street. And oh, if you're living on the uh, street, you should say, hey, at least I'm not locked up in a fucking uh, 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 rape dungeon up with some some lunatic. Hey, at least yeah. my whole family wasn't murdered in a fucking uh, Ugandan village. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah maybe you should compare trauma because maybe if you compare trauma, you'll learn, hey, you don't, it could be a lot fucking worse. Yeah. So let's be happy for what we do have and move on from there. And that's why I think gratitude, I know, say what you will about journaling, but like having gratitude every day, mm -hmm. even if you're in the shittiest fucking, shittiest fucking state, finding something you're thankful for mm -hmm. at the end of every day is so important. Yeah. And yeah. it's helped me a lot. I mean, I'm, I still struggle with it. I really, really do. I do have a tendency to get stuck in my life. But, like, yeah, just thinking, <sighs> thinking about people who don't have limbs, thinking about people who, like, 
I don't know. Man, when uh, I just have, had my have fucking, terminal cancer. No, look, my leg, when I did that knee surgery and just being stuck in the fucking house and not and having to rely on yeah. on on other people to do everything for me and making just getting around was so difficult. Just taking the most easy tasks were fucking mountains that you had to climb. And boy, oh boy, you fucking appreciate being able to walk when you can't walk. Like yeah. you, when you you go, goddamn! Thank God I have like I'm fortunate, and I think gratitude is something that people are. There's like a war against gratitude. There is what? A, there, people, man. Look, everybody, everybody's so fucking concerned with how they're a victim, when what they should be concerned with is how fucking lucky you are that yeah. things aren't worse than they are because. They could be worse. Hell is a bottomless pit. It can always get worse than where it is. But so also, like, it's like what? Who's who's the driver of your life? You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to take responsibility. So you can you either, gotta fucking do it. You can you can either sit in the victim mentality, which is very cozy for a lot of people. Well, because then you don't. Like, it's nihilism. cozy. Hey, I don't. I, hey, uh, it's futile. So. I guess I don't have to beat myself up for not trying. Mm-hmm. I can just sit here and be miserable and resent the world that's totally unfair mm-hmm. instead of uh, going, I'm going to fucking fight against this. So I don't see anything admirable about identifying as a victim. If you're a victim, then you're a victim. Do something about it. Yeah. That's unfortunate. What about the term survivor? Uh, you're, again, you're fucking, you're, 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 uh, you're framing yourself from we're all survivors. Some have worse fucking struggles. I, I, I always say, I'm like, it's shocking how many extremely mentally ill people are walking around just not killing themselves. Yeah. Like, like truly though, it's mm-hmm. like we, we all could kill ourselves easily. Yeah. I don't, don't like the survivor thing because like, because you're gonna again, you're going to you're you're framing your identity off of of your victimhood. Yeah, it's like no, no, no. Yeah, you're a survivor, but like, why like, not just say? I has went, our mutual friend? I, does our mutual friend identify themselves as a fucking survivor? No, no that's pathetic. Uh, well, who knows? Let's ask. Maybe him. if you were pressed and put them and said, you know, you did get through this, but they don't. I think live she their life would frame as it as a survivor. I think she would. And I've because I've talked to her. I think she would frame it as. I've been through these crazy things, and here I am. Yeah, like it, it, it's a it celebration. Is, it is what it is. It's like again, I mean, I've said it on here before. Now what? Now what are you gonna do? Like the shit happened. Do you want to be miserable? Do you want to fucking stay there? Well, then don't do anything about it, and feel and feel feel like hey, the world is unfair, and 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 doesn't that suck for me? Oh, see how that goes. Play that out. See how how good you feel after sitting there thinking of yourself as a fucking hopeless victim. One, it's pathetic. Two, you're not. You just yeah. don't have the the courage to to do it. And it's understandable that you wouldn't because life is fucking hard. But guess what? You got to try. You got to try to be happy in some fucking capacity. That's where I'm at currently. Discipline is, is the key, by the way. Well, and it's but it's also just like choosing to. I, yeah, 
I gotta be happy before I die. Also, I say discipline is the way, and I'm definitely going to Wendy's before I go home. I'm so hungry. I'm We've been here for five hours. Yeah, we actually have, haven't we? Well, so four. we're gonna we we missed one segment, which is unpopular opinion. Do you have an unpopular opinion that is a silly unpopular opinion, not one that involves more conversation? Because <laughs> <laughs> we've already talked so much, including uh, the one-hour podcast that won't get posted. Unpopular opinion. Don't hate me for this, but it's time for an unpopular opinion. Uh, Anything that Squid that... Game's overrated. Oh, you mentioned that. Oh, here's one for your Squid. fucking dumb fans. Taylor Swift, uh, that, that oh, song all the way here sucks. We go. Here they we go. always there. What's here the fucking shit song? You think it's shit? Uh, it's not good. From a music perspective, you can't no, appreciate it a little bit? No, it's contrived. And Have it's... you really listened without with putting your bias aside? Uh, Have you sorry. really, really no, no, listened? No. Listen, the song's fine. Oh, there we go. I guess. Like, it's a song. I don't hate the song. It's not a terrible song. The fuck the patriarchy car keys part is real fucking stupid. Uh, but The keychain said fuck the patriarchy. I know. I know. And that's, that's dumb. She put it in quotes. She's not saying that. Well, she is implying that she has a keychain that says fuck the patriarchy. It was his keychain because Jake Gyllenhaal presented himself as a fucking male feminist. Exactly. And hoo-hoo. Hey, he wasn't such a nice guy after all. Yeah, um, no, I, oh, I know that. If you're a male but feminist, but that's why that line was so powerful. If you identify as a male feminist, you're probably uh, <laughs> a sexual predator in some capacity. I yeah. believe that ninety nine percent of the time. If you identify, I'm a male again. I'm a feminist in so far as equal opportunity, uh, and but I'm also a realist, and uh, uh, I know that. I'm not going to say women can do anything men can do. It's like, well, mm, they can't. I can't uh, open jars. They, yeah, exactly. And 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 <laughs> you can't. The, the strongest. I can really use a man when I need to open a jar of jam. The strongest woman can't lift as much as the strongest man. No. And that'll never happen. Maybe in millions of years of evolution. Go back to Taylor so, Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift sucks. Uh, no, no, no. Look, just do fucking Why do you shake care? it off. Why do, do you shake care? it off. Why do you care no, no. if why do you care if young girls mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. girls my age, mm-hmm. women my age, mm-hmm. um, are passionate about a heartbreak song that describes the pain they went through when they experienced that heartbreak? It is a song that is universal universally. You posted that relatable. video of that chick that was like and then he said, it shouldn't be this fun turning, turning 21. And the girl's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so what a line. It's a shit lyric, and it wasn't good. It's not deep. The fucking it's song a great, is a song. It's, it's a, a great lyric. No, you want to listen to good it's a great lyrics? Lyric. Listen to fucking Tom Waits. You want to have something to make no, you I'm cry saying, and feel something? Scott, listen to Pink Floyd. Listen to something that's real, not, not something that's trying to exploit fucking teenage that chicks real. that are crying on it's their the pillow. It's the feeling of a guy not showing up for your birthday party. Oh, fuck. It, it no, is okay, real. Look, no, no, listen Shut to me. Up. No, it is real. It is real. But it it's. It's being she wrote told it it's ten a five-star, and it's a two-star. It was written 13 years ago. I know, but the song is... It's a, These were it's her a, unreleased lyrics. It's a two-star song. Oh, God. And th- that got five-star reception is, from her fans. This is wildly unpopular. Yeah. This might be the most no, unpopular look. opinion yet. Hey, you know what's a five-star sh- song? 
Shake it off. Love it. <laughs> I'm down. Just I'll shake it off. I love it. Have some fun, Taylor. And I'm I'm fine You're with the not. fucking all the what was the what's the name of that stupid song that we're talking about? All too well. All too well. I'm fine with all too well. I'm cool with it. You know the little argument that they had in the fucking music video and all oh, that stuff. Oh, you like, watched the I film watched the too. Fucking, I watched the film. I watched. I gave it the mm. due diligence, and it was I. But okay, I'll take because that. Because people said it was. Oh, oh but I you, but that's her. she's so amazing. But that that's, made it. That's that the made fanatics go, around it. Oh, that's my thing, and this is what I try so, to do. So I try can, to be objective. I try not to let idiots. <laughs> Uh, Did you uh, see my reaction video to it? I don't know. You probably cried. No, my reaction was very just like I didn't. I didn't know it wasn't an overreaction. It was someone who was processing new lyrics to a song that I knew so well, which is why it was so shocking to a lot of our fans because all too well was her one of her like most like fan favorite songs of her career and then all of a sudden there's like new lines and new lyrics in it mm-hmm. that are exposing a different side of the story i appreciate that i respect that what i do not respect is that it is mostly you don't think what that- it was is that the, the, the large part reaction to that song by the the t swift the beehive what do, you, what do you call them swifties swifties uh was overreaction oh my yeah. Oh, have you guys ever heard? This is the greatest lyrics I've ever heard. No, no, not even uh, close. I think it's very impactful. It, for a it lot was an emotion. Them. No, it's fine, but it's and not it's, that good. <laughs> Music is subjective. My buddy told me to go to Julep in on downtown Halifax oh, and get that. their fucking get their sh- lamb shank. And you know what he said? He said. Their fucking lamb is one of the best. It's the best lamb I've ever had. He's like, it's one of the best meals I've ever had. And I went there and I got the lamb shank. And but guess what? He was fucking right. It was incredible. But some people do that with shitty lamb. Yeah. And then but you I go, would never tell you all too well about like I know that that's not your music taste. So I would never tell you all too well is the best song ever written. But. You know but, what I mean? Like I, I, you're not who that song is for. I know, I know, but it's it's exactly what it's the same thing as. Let that sink in. Mm. Dumb opinion mm. framed with, oh look, this was so deep. So it was like, this is a song. It's a good song. No, it's a nice I song. Think, it's a beautiful I song. Think, talk about it's an I emotional song. I do think she's an amazing lyricist. I think some of those lyrics are so smart. Uh, I'm in a new hell. Every time you double cross my mind, it is a very simple lyric, but double cross my mind. I just love that. I love that. I don't care. See, that's like the, that's one I of the don't cheesiest, care if you think it's What does that mean? What does that mean? Double cross my mind. He was a manipulator. He he betrayed her. No, double no. cross. To me, it was a little aesthetic. It was a double cross my mind. No, I, she I, said no. that sounds cool. I'm gonna write that in, and people will love no, it. No, I love it. I love it. Um, uh, well, there's your unpopular opinion. Um, he's gonna say it's love. He never called it what it was. Like a guy who's not. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good, Scott. It's simple yeah. and so good. And yeah. I, I, I'm, I still want to start, um, this is the end of the, uh, end of the episode, so I'll say it. Um, my goal is to eventually start a, 
a Taylor Swift podcast where I take on people who don't like her and really try to convince them to like her even at the end of the podcast. But it's not that I Whether don't like that's her. that's through, like, but, like, just understanding it more from, like, all sides, not even just, like, music, and mm-hmm. but, like, who she is as a person. It's just like, it's overrated to this song. I don't think it's overrated for the people who are impacted by it. Uh, do you think the Swifties would ever be like that song? I don't like it. There are some. There are some Swifties who, who are like don't. Uh, not they, it's fan. not their number one. I think it's wildly universal that All Too Well is a lot. The majority of Swifties' number one song by her. But there are Swifties out Could there who post Taylor un- Swift uh, release an album that her Swifties didn't like. So they're ideologues. I think she's. They're ideologically I think possessed. she's just that good. It's part of a religion. I think no. she's just that good. No. no, there's definitely Taylor Swift songs that I don't like. Look, look, I love. Uh, um, I we gotta, love we some bands, but I there's they have some 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 really awesome bands. Have some like Metallica's fucking awesome. Uh, uh, Master or not Master Puppets? Uh, what's the, Saint Anger? Shitty album. Yeah. But I don't know if a, a Swift we, album would come out that 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 they would say, yeah, that was. Junk. I agree that like, yeah, living and dying by. And we, I talked about this with Travis too, and he agreed. Like living and dying by a celebrity is silly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I don't I like when music brings people joy, and makes them feel better. <sighs> and I do too. I just think that that girl going, oh. It's like, <laughs> dial it back. But the baby. thing is, she's doing that. I don't that even be- think she does it. She's doing that because she got stood up at one of her birthdays once and she feels it. No. She relates she, to the lyric and she feels it. She had a camera on her and she wanted to show You're not that, wrong about oh, that. Oh, look Filming how reactions oh, is tough. Wow. Filming reactions is tough. I think mine and Jade's reactions were really like realistic and not over the top and they were very just exactly what it is which is an initial reaction mm-hmm. i i will agree with you on that some of these reactions are over the top for the purpose of being over the top for views so i don't even know for how, views. so maybe it's not it maybe it's not even that unpopular opinion i just think it's overrated okay by her fans we're gonna Song's ag- fine we're gonna agree to just well we you know, just kind of it was just a, kind of agree it was a good unpopular opinion because it's wildly unpopular <laughs> and you're gonna have swifties after you now there you go hey <laughs> sit on them swifties <laughs> we're gonna wrap this uh, weird night uh <laughs> i'm glad that this turned out this way because i was thinking you were gonna kick me out before this fucking podcast started and well, i think I, you were thinking of it at one point too you almost I didn't think we you'd almost want didn't to. do the podcast i didn't think you'd want to after after the energy was shifted in a certain direction it shifted but we worked through it man and that's what i'm all about like that's what i i think is great that we we, we went through the okay. storm last question okay um if you want if you were to come back on with another comedian in the scene who would it be um who would i want to come on with uh another comedian in the scene um I don't fucking know. Like, probably like Travis. Okay. Uh, maybe. Um, hmm. I don't. I don't know what other comedians are there that I would want to come on with. Um, oh, you can answer that. Clifton. Clifton. Yeah. 
Um, um, yeah, I'd like to go on with Clifton. Clifton's my boy. I love Clifton. Uh, who else? Well, no, no one's watching this. Let's just say, no, if I can. I'm mostly curious. Okay, cool. I'm trying well, to think of who who who's in the scene. I guess is my problem here. We need a list. Yeah, I need um, to tell, a list. Tell listeners where they can. Can they follow you? Can you follow me on we mostly sh- fucking, We mostly shit on social media this whole episode, yeah. but... Uh, uh, you can follow me on, what you call it, uh, Instagram. What is it? What's my Instagram? Scotty Mac. Scotty Mac. 2332. 2332. Uh, I mean, yeah, you'll see some posts there. Uh, my podcast may come by back at some point in the wrong with Scott McLean. You could listen to the I hope episodes. I qualified myself to be a guest on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just have to uh, get past my self-deprecation and and do it again. Cause, uh, do it, you bitch. I just do it. I do it every fucking week. You can do it too. Um, um, oh, shout out to Matt Billen. Uh, oh, rest in yeah. peace. That's very unfortunate that he died. He was incredibly funny. Uh, I feel like that's important to say because, yeah, that sucks. That's a big hit for Canadian comedy. That I did not know it, but it seems like he was a great guy. He was, yeah, and he was he was a really good dude. Um, um, yeah, I, uh, I would say Travis uh, would probably be the person that I would do do best with. That would be an interesting podcast. Then you'd actually get to have a podcast with me that was funny because Travis and I would would go back and forth and, and, and do some bullshit. I can be funny too, but I don't know. I like I talking about serious shit as well. I don't know if well. it, it always has to be funny. Like, fu- does it always have to be funny? No. I find like we have interesting conversations. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like. And I feel like majority I, of. I don't always want to have the pressure of being funny. Yeah. That's I just part to, of what I, I want I it to be real. In the wrong. I didn't want to be so like, like, I don't know if I want to come back and rebrand as just the Scott McLean podcast. Just, just, just. Keep, no, keep it. But keep in the it. wrong makes me think people, like I have to talk about the stuff that's in the wrong. People like, but that's what you like talking about. Not always. Okay, well, you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's your, if you just are honest about what your podcast is, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, people it's listening be will understand. Conversation. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know, uh, I've scrolled through your videos and, uh, usually the ones with Scott McClain oh, have the highest viewership, so next to like so what scott is saying is uh he's telling me you're welcome sarah yeah you're fucking right you're gonna get some get some more likes to subscribe oh god well i'm glad it happened and i'm glad glad you did this i gotta go play college hang on you gotta what what are you doing jesus okay okay bye i'm I'm just closing the episode i'm just pressing stop (laughs) no you you for listening to the intoxicated podcast if you enjoyed this week's episode make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on apple podcasts you can also give us a follow on facebook and instagram at intoxicated podcast and check out our video episodes on the intoxicated youtube channel until next week feel hard and talk hard Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan, co-produced by Sarah Nicole, and brought to you by The Messiness of Life. Oh, everybody's depressed. Next subject.